Welcome, everyone, to episode 9 of season 2 of Recreational Thinking with Yoga Shroud. I'd like to sh- quickly shout out our Patreon subscribers, Adam Hahn, Christine Welchel, Isaac Rennert, Andrew Darby, and to anyone listening, your name could go here. You can just sign up at patreon.com slash recreationalthinking. Today we have a special crossover episode with the Soccer Thread podcast. They'll be introducing themselves in a second. This is our first single subject episode since episode 19. That one was about cinema. This one is going to be about soccer. And our guests are Mike, Colin, Dan, and Ryan. Dan and Ryan playing together as a single team. Remember that order. It's arbitrary, but it'll be consistent throughout the game. And could we now go in that order and each of you briefly state, well where you're zooming from, which I guess will be Portland, and uh, approximately one sentence about yourself, starting with Mike. I'm definitely not zooming from Portland. I'm zooming from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Very proud to be not zooming from Portland. And, uh, I mean, that's kind of one sentence, but I'll I'll just keep it going and say that I'm very excited to be part of this podcast, so thank you for hosting this show, guys. Sure, yeah. Sorry for the misconception there. And uh, call it. (laughs) No worries. Yeah, I'm I'm zooming from Swampscott from a shed in Swampscott, Massachusetts, uh, which is north of Boston. This already has been the most organized this podcast has ever been. Our podcast has ever been. So I'm a little intimidated, but I'm ready to do it. All right, Dan. I am Dan. I am zooming from Beaverton, Oregon, just outside the the beautiful city of Portland. And we're the Soccer Thread Podcast, and we're we're very excited about this crossover episode. I am too. And Ryan. Uh, yeah, fitting that I bring up the rear of the introductions because that's how this trivia game will go. I'm merely merely here for the you know the looks of the podcast. So it's not a great not great uh, on the audio feature. No, he's not. <laughs> no, we can't even say no. you're making up the numbers because you're not on your own team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, look, looks are one of the important elements of any podcast. <laughs> Somewhere on the list there. All right, so this game is in four rounds, one individual, three specialists. The first round I call the three R's round. It allows me to reduce, reuse, and recycle prior material. These questions, I used to call them a warm-up, and someone objected to saying that warm-ups are supposed to be easy. These are, these are more kind of, um, I don't know what the athletic equivalent would be, but, you know, kind of like throwing you in at the deep end of the pools, basically. Um, these are going to be some of the hardest, harder questions, but in a way, that's still a warm-up. <laughs> So my I'm, hamstring is already strained from that. Yeah, <laughs> I hate the deep end. I hate the deep end. All right, uh, but only I'm worth feeling the, nosebleed coming on. <laughs> they'll only be worth a tenth of a point, but they may may function as tiebreakers. In the previous 28 episodes, only once has the tie actually been broken by them, but I still call them tiebreakers. Nice. So for this round only, you'll answer as individuals or a pair in the case of Dan and Ryan. So if the first person or team the question is directed at misses it'll go to the second then the third if the first two miss so the further back you are the less of a direct shot you have but the more time you have to think and some potential answers could get taken off the table we'll rotate so each of you gets to answer three questions in first position three in second three in third and then the rules will change after that and i'll explain that when it happens and again just as a basic reminder the content of the podcast is you talking through your thinking process so don't internalize it you know you don't have to talk just for the sake of talking but feel free to share any interesting thoughts or connections you have regarding the questions. And as in episode 19, the questions this round are related to the overall episode topic, which is soccer in this case, but they do not yet pertain to the specific subject areas that you each picked. That'll come later. All right, so this first question, rewritten slightly from one in episode 14, which hasn't been released yet, so no one's, none of the current players have heard it. And we'll begin with Mike in first position. Are you ready, Mike? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Good luck, boo. And, oh yeah, I will use the chat window to paste the questions. Sometimes they're a bit long and complicated, so you can look at them as well as hear them. All right. 
Mike, this man has been inducted into the Halls of Fame of three separate sports, American football, tennis, and soccer, without having competitively played any of those sports. Among his best-known non-soccer-related achievements are one, coining the term Super Bowl, two, creating the Worlds of Fun amusement park in Kansas City, which you might have seen on a sketch in a recent Saturday Night Live episode, and three, attempting to corner the silver market alongside his brothers, an act which led to March 27, 1980, becoming known as Silver Thursday, and probably inspired the plot of the movie Trading Places, name him. Okay, well, the hint of not having played the sports was a big help, and so I started to think about owners. So there's a very famous soccer owner, I'm not going to say his name, just in case he comes up in a later team for the LA Galaxy, who at one point owned about half of the MLS teams. But then you mentioned KC, Kansas City, and I'm pretty sure that the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs NFL team is also the owner of several MLS teams. I'm just trying to figure out the first name, but it's definitely the Hunt family. I want to say Dan Hunt. So, again, one of the, the rules, I think I was maybe in the, the sheet that I sent out, but kind of burying all the information. Unless I specify, for real people, the last name is usually sufficient. So you don't have to specify a However, person. however, boy, in, boy, in this case, that right. <laughs> yeah, we want to give that to Mike because we'd rather Mike get those points than Colin anyway, who's next up. So. Colin's, yeah, Colin's a real fair. threat to the Portland team. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just a threat. I'm not I'm a threat to myself. I'm a threat to my health. <laughs> All right. So well done, Mike. Good. Yeah. His get. name is Lamar. His name is Lamar, Lamar Hunt, Hunt, but because of the rules, I'll accept just Hunt. I'm so. pretty sure he's got a kid named Dan, though. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> that name didn't come from nowhere. All right. Question two. We'll begin with Colin in first position. Now, Colin. Jerry Marsden, who passed away on January 3rd of this year, R.I.P., was the lead singer of the Mersey Beat band Jerry and the Pacemakers. Back in 1963, that band had the distinction of having their first three singles all peak at number one on the U.K. charts. What was the third of those three singles? Woohoo! Wow. Oh, it's got to be a soccer-associated song, Jerry and the Pacemakers. It's Liverpool. Oh, man. Why, why is it Liverpool? He said it's a Merseyside, Mersey beat band, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Mersey, yeah, this, you're just leading me. You're just being a good host right now. <laughs> Mersey right. beat band, Jerry and the Pacemakers, back in 1963. So this is like, yeah, so it's a Liverpool team. It's probably uh, something to, it has to be something to do with soccer. I'll take, I mean, I have to answer, even though I think this is wrong, I have to answer, you'll never walk alone. Oh, great answer. You don't have to do anything, Colin. That'll lock that in, yes. Yes, you'll never walk alone. Originated in the 1945 Rodgers and Hammerstein musical Carousel, but became associated with Liverpool football or soccer team, and that is, in fact, the correct answer. Oh, wow. I was thinking, man, I wanted to steal that. (laughs) What a great guess. Great guess. All right, Dan and Ryan. On November 28, 2020, which Vanderbilt goalkeeper made headlines when she kicked off for the Commodores football team, men's football team, obviously, in a game against Missouri? Two weeks later, she scored an extra point in a game against Tennessee. Yeah, I, I remember this very well. I'm, I just do not think I'm going to come up with her name. She's in like a recent Adidas commercial also or something like that. Maybe it's Nike. I oh. could, You could have asked what the school was and I would have been able to tell you, but I have no idea what her name is. Let's... Should we just guess a random a random name? Very we just need a last. Name? Yeah, we need a last name, right? Shall we, shall we go with Smith? <laughs> Smith seems like it's a good pretty guess. common that's, American that's name. I would have got that one. Right. Yep. Smith. Smith, lock it in. Smith is a good guess, but not correct here. I'll pass it to Mike. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this feels more like an American football question, and uh, I'm not much of an American football <laughs> fan. So I'm going to take the Dan and Ryan strategy here and guess uh, Williams. Again, good guess, not correct. Colin? Yeah, same, same, Johnson. All right, again, always a good strategy because there's never a penalty for guessing, so when there's no penalty for guessing, it's always a good idea to guess. And There have definitely been questions where the answers have been common, last names like that that could be guessed, but this isn't one of them. Her name, Her name is Sarah Fuller. Oh, yeah. I used to live two blocks away from Fuller Avenue, so I should have got that one. <laughs> All right, good try for everyone. Mike now. Mike, one of the key sticking points when developing the 1863 standardized soccer rule set, now known as the laws of the game, was whether hacking would be allowed. The ultimate answer was no, and disagreement over hacking was a key part of what led association football and rugby football to evolve into different sports, although ironically rugby eventually banned hacking as well. What in this context is hacking. Okay, so it's something that is not allowed in either of these games, rugby or soccer or association football. So it can't be like tackling or grabbing. So I'm going to guess it's tripping because I'm pretty sure you can't trip in either game. Also unrelated, but I've just noticed a pretty big spider where I'm recording. So, (laughs) you know, just give everyone a heads up of what's going on here, the adversity I'm dealing with. But I'm going to go with tripping. I'll I'll keep quiet about that and pass it to Colin. (laughs) All right. So not tripping. I mean, I got all the same thoughts as you, you know, I'm trying to think of what things could be like more reasonable in rugby, like on a continuum of reasonability. I'll say, yeah, I think feel like in rugby, you always tackle below the waist. So I'll say like a tackle above the waist. All right. Yeah, that's a good guess, but not correct. Dan and Ryan. Okay. So can you block in rugby? Is that... Like in football, you can block. Or, or like, like offensive picks. line blocking. Right. Can you do that in rugby? So this, it had to be something that you could do in soccer and then not do, and then eventually not be able to do in rugby. I, I feel like a scrum is, a, is some sort of blocking, but not like actual picking. So You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if we talk about hacking today in soccer or basketball, it's like either kicking the opponent or hitting. Like basketball is more of a punch. Or it like could, purposely fouling. Oh, like a uh, gentleman's foul. Yeah, that's a good one too. Or like a like a professional foul. I still think it's more of like a specific violent act. Yeah, I would go with like hitting. That's that would be my vote. But if you have strong feelings, like an, otherwise, like an open face, like an open hand, hand to the face, like a slap. <laughs> yeah, like don't touch another man's face. <laughs> exactly, the that's, gentleman's slap. 18, 1863, they were worried about the uh, the face touching, I think. It's true. No face touching. Hits to the head? Or can we just do hits? Why do we need to specify? Let's just say hand hits. Okay, so okay. I, didn't, I didn't rule on Mike's answer, so I'm going to reserve the option I have. I'm going to give him a chance to make his answer more specific. Ooh. Okay, a more specific kind of tripping. Hmm, okay, so... Like the kind where you kick the back foot and it gets caught <laughs> on the front foot? No, the, uh, uh, can we get the, the um, table topping? You, <laughs> you, you lay down behind a person and then someone else pushes them over you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's illegal. That's definitely illegal in soccer. That feels like, it feels like that probably wasn't around in the 1860s. You um, underestimate the 1860s. I do. I they were good find for that I'm constantly underestimating the 1860s. Um, it, it was just, around. It just wasn't called table toppling. It was called like wibbly bobbly. 
especially uh, yeah, in the tea shops of London, they had the some weird... The blinders were always wibbly-bobbling people. Yeah, no, no wibbly-bobblies today, lads. We're playing with the, uh, the association rules. Um, all right, a more specific kind of tripping... I'm going to say, like, I don't know, like kicking someone with the studs of your shoe. I'm, I'm, you I'm really more, at more, a loss here. Can you be more specific than with kicking? Uh, two-footed kicking? No, I cannot be. I'm, I'm really <laughs> not sure where this is going. I'm, but, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, just, I'm going to accept the kicking part. Specifically, hacking was kind of, you know, taking possession or, you know, uh, sort of attacking the possessing player by kicking them in the shins. Ah. Shin kicking. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I guess kicking I'll, I'll take. All right, so the next one we'll start with Colin in first position. This is, again, rewritten from episode 17, which hasn't been released yet, so again, no one currently playing has, has heard it before. The girl in the spider's web, the girl who takes an eye for an eye, and the girl who lived twice are authorized continuations of Stieg Larsson's Millennium series, the one beginning with the girl with the dragon tattoo, by what man who first came to prominence as co-author of Zlatan Ibrahimovic's memoir, I Am Zlatan? <laughs> this is such a good question. That's a great question. That's such a good question because the whole time I'm like, what is this? I have yeah. no idea. I don't read books. And then, you, oh, he wrote a book with Zlatan. This makes complete sense because the one thing I do know about The Girl with the Dragon, Dragon Tattoo is that it's either based in Sweden or the author is Swedish. It has some kind of Swedish relationship tie-in tie-in yeah that's the one and Zlatan Ibrahimovic is probably I don't know he's the most famous Swedish person to us us the four of us at least but I have no idea who is a Swedish author who could have possibly written these I got I got why does it have to be Swedish just name a non-Swedish author I'm gonna go with Melberg Melberg (laughs) all right good guess but uh, not correct Dan and Ryan Palmer you read books (laughs) I, I've read I've read one of these books, but I Ooh. thought the the author was Stieg Larsson. Yeah, but he these died. are con- authorized continuations. Right, yeah, these right, are right. The My reading up. comprehension is right. just a little bit better than yours. It's still low, <laughs> but it's well, a little bit I, better. I was reading I was rereading the question. I was first listening. My listening comprehension is not good. I don't know who continued writing this, but I know that Daniel Craig is in the movies. So let's say Daniel Craig. <laughs> He wrote wrote, wrote Zlatan's memoir. We didn't hear about that. I love the critical thinking here. Well, you're displaying some related knowledge, but not the correct answer. (laughs) uh, Mike, the the Marafam. Oh, sorry. Well, took took. Sorry, I took a took a guess. I mean, first of all, I just want to say that you know, for people who are who not listened to our podcast before, we strongly disavow Zlatan. That's not here nor there. You do. You do. I, I do. do this week. I do this as week. Of last, as of last week, not a fan. Yeah, I don't think you were on last week's podcast, Dan. All right, well, so if someone dies, who's the most likely person to continue on their legacy? It's got to be a family member. So in this oh, case, I'm going to say the author is another Larson. Also, like half of Sweden is Larson <laughs> anyway, so good guess. <laughs> sure. I, I like that logic. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. Uh, Sound. A very justifiable well, answer. Oh, no, um, it would be Stigson, though, wouldn't it? Mm, good Ooh. point. I'm not familiar or, with uh, Swedish naming. Yeah, I'm not sure that's how their naming invention works. <laughs> there actually was a fairly prolonged legal battle between Stieg Larsson's family and the woman he was in a relationship with but not legally married to. And, yeah, that's too complicated to go into here. But basically, <laughs> basically, I think it was his family who was allowed to pick the author to, to do the continuations, even though... So Stieg Larsson actually died, I think, before the very first one came out, but he had apparently on a, a hard drive somewhere 
plotted out a bunch of continuations, but those were basically ignored with the authorized continuations, and they are by <laughs> David Lagerkrantz. Ah. Mm. I feel like we should all plot out the next 300 podcast episodes of our respective <laughs> podcasts, just in case something just bad in were case, happen. Just yeah. in case. We got the run orders. Weather <laughs> updates. <laughs> Weather updates. Cross-country skiing e- updates. Listener emails. That's <laughs> that's pretty much it. All right, uh, Dan and Ryan in first position on this. So the U.S. women's national team won gold or gold or silver in every Olympic soccer tournament until 2016, when the Carly Lloyd captain squad was eliminated in the quarterfinals and thus went home empty-handed. However, a different woman named Carly Lloyd, spelled the same way even, did return from that year's Olympics with a bronze medal as part of the U.S. women's team. In which sport? Ooh, wow! Wow! Okay. So, Summer Olympics, team events. Yeah, so swimming could be like a relay yeah. or running. Are there other, like, running. proper <laughs> team sports? Like, Ro- rowing. field? Yeah. Field hockey? Uh, is that an Olympic hockey. sport? I'm not sure. Bron- what, would, uh, what would the U.S. win a bronze in? I, uh, I feel like they're winning gold in, in like, in swimming. Maybe. Always, every, every single time. race, the U.S. wins gold. Gold, gold, gold. <laughs> Michael Phelps, bitch. Oh, sorry. Must <laughs> ring. Well, they, well, they had, uh, whatever. We don't need to go into women's swimmers, but there was a women's swimmer that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, just one. Hey. You, you just, as long as she's the anchor. So, I don't know. Other team events, basketball. Uh, I can't think of a famous ball. basketball, women basketball player that's called Carly Lloyd. This, but it feels like swimming to me. A lot of those, like, the swimmers, male and female, I feel like, they become super famous for two weeks, and everyone just calls them by their first name. And I feel like there are Carlies that are really good swimmers at the Olympics, oh, and we might, might just not remember the last name. All right, let's go swimming. All right. Decent guess, although not a sport in which sort of the national teams compete, right? It's, it's, there are relays and things like that, but no, like, national teams competing against each other. All right, I'll pass it to Nice Mike. guess, but terrible. Terrible guess also. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I was definitely considering guessing track and field if, uh, if the swimming thing no was longer. wrong, but going to pivot off of that. Uh, not going to guess tennis, even though there's doubles competitions. So, okay, what are some true team sports? Uh, Field hockey definitely is an Olympic sport. Handball, we're not very good at handball in the U.S. Basketball, I don't think there's anyone named Carly Lloyd who's on the basketball team. I'm going to go with field hockey. All right, good guess, but not correct. Colin? All right, so there are two that you you guys haven't mentioned. Water polo and volleyball. Oh, I have another one. Uh, You missed your shot, Palmer. Yeah, you I missed know. your shot. You shot your shot, and it was swimming. Uh, <laughs> I still think that was a good guess. I do, too. I feel like water polo and volleyball are both California sports. Carly Lloyd is kind of a California name to me, even though that doesn't OG make any Cal- sense, Carly that... Lloyd is from oh, well, New Jersey. I mean, Carly spelled like this feels very California to yeah. me. Yeah, Carly with an I. Isn't Carly uh, Lloyd from Pennsylvania, though? No, Jersey. That's We're not talking about thing. that Carly Lloyd, Mike. We're talking uh, about another Carly Lloyd. I feel like our water polo takes the dub, though. They take golds. I'm still going to go with water polo because I feel like we, that's, that's the most anonymous sport there's got to be. Water polo. All right. Again, another very good guess. Yeah. But volleyball would have been an it. even better guess because volleyball <laughs> uh, would have been correct. We just really Man. wanted this person to be a swimming-associated athlete. <laughs> okay, so one more cycle. You'll each be in first position for one more of these, starting with Mike now in first position. Mike. 
Entertainers Bud Flanagan, Chesney Allen, Jimmy Nervo, Teddy Knox, Charlie Naughton, and Jimmy Gold came together in the 1930s to form a British comedy troupe known as the Crazy Gang. That same moniker would later be applied in the 80s and 90s to what freewheeling club whose alumni from that era include John Fashionu, Laurie Sanchez, and Vinnie Jones? Note that this is not a question about croquet. Okay, so uh, <laughs> appreciate that croquet reference. Mostly for the listeners, because I don't know anything about croquet. But uh, <laughs> the I, I was probably going to guess wrong here, but Vinnie Jones gave it away, and then it, it clicked with me. Wimbledon FC, well-known for winning the FA Cup, I believe, during this time with the, with the crazy game. Mike, talk a little more about Vinnie Jones. Come on. Yeah, come uh, on. He was in, I think, Snatch, but it might have been Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. He's an actor now. He's, uh, he he's could have been he's in a, both of those. He's what's known in the soccer world as a hard man, which basically means he's not very talented, but he will... He will hurt you. He will tackle you very hard. Hack you. He'll hack you. He's, He'll hack yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> He's a big hacker. Big, big-time hacker. Yeah, and of course, you know, you got to see his not-so-hard side in Gallivant, if any of you watched that. I, guess. <laughs> I, don't, think, I don't think any of you did, yeah. But, um, no. Hard for, hard for <laughs> no sure imagine him having a not-so-hard side, even in an acting yeah. capacity. Fair enough. All right, yeah, but um, I think, yeah, when episode 14 comes out, I ask a question there about Wimbledon, and the twist is that it's about croquet, because, of course, there are two sports two kinds of championships held at Wimbledon, lawn tennis and croquet. Uh But yeah, Wimbledon FC is correct. All right. Now, Colin in first position. So speaking of British comedy troops, who Ah, is... Ah, yes. One of my favorite topics. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the only player depicted in Monty Python's Philosopher's Football Match sketch that is an actual footballer or actual soccer player rather than a philosopher? You got a lot of pre-celebration I, going on, Colin. You I, better get this right. I recently watched this on YouTube within two weeks, so I, if, if this comes to me and I get it wrong, I'm going to be very upset. So, I mean, again, just like my you'll never walk alone answer, there's one answer that comes immediately to my head, and I have to guess, without have, being able to remember this Monty Python sketch, unfortunately. And that is that there is a Brazilian soccer player from the 70s, late 70s probably, who I'm... I, Portuguese is the worst of my, I'm, I, I'm terrible at pronouncing things, and then Portuguese really just shows that off, highlights that. But his name is spelled Socrates. I don't know how he pronounces it exactly or how you say that in Portuguese, but that, I got to guess him. He's a, he's a very cool-looking Brazilian dude. I'll, yeah, I'll say him. That's a very good guess. I guess that was kind of an unintended red herring because that's <laughs> not the correct answer. But I, I, the very good logic behind it, though. Dan and Ryan? Oh, my God. I was going to guess Socrates. <laughs> Ryan looks shocked. It's a good guess. That's a great guess. That was, uh, that was, that was what came to, came to mind first. Can you think of any other famous soccer players that were also I mean, Plato? <laughs> Pluto? I don't know if there was a Play-Doh. Uh, British soccer, I mean, it could be like George Best is going to like hit home in every every household that the Beeb is streamed into. could be... God, I remember uh, watching this, too. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time since I watched this one. Mike's Eric, got it, though. Eric Cantona would be so good, but it's too early for him. Too he was early. like, yeah, he was 90s, but would be like yeah. so good for this. <sighs> I think the British comedy troupe, it has to be an English player that is like you know widely widely known even by non-soccer fans that's that's what uh, i think here bobby charlton is that what you're locking bobby, in bobby bobby is there more more bobby or Moore, bobby, bobby Moore. charlton george best i don't know you pick one of those i like charlton i, I like still that. think socrates is the right answer <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you it should have been 
Yeah, we'll go Charlton, lock it in. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think I think the philosopher Socrates may have been in it. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, not the <laughs> not the soccer player. So um, yeah, good guess, but not correct, Mike. Well, as we all know, the famous uh, sketch, the philosopher's football match, was a match between Greek and German philosophers. So on one side, you know, you had Socrates and Plato, and I don't know. On the other side, you had Karl Marx, a famous late game sub. I think Kant was in there. And uh, famously, I believe, I really hope I don't screw this up, I think Beckenbauer was just, he's just out there. He's just on the field. And the game starts, and rather than playing soccer, everyone just starts debating each other about, like, the merits yeah, of reality. Yeah. But yeah, I think Beckenbauer is my answer. Der Kaiser. <laughs> good, good memory. It is definitely the Germans versus the Greeks, and yes, it is Beckenbauer on the German side. Oh my god. There you go. The evils. The evils. Mikey. That's what's up. Know your Monty Python, guys. Come on. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's a, that is a fair critique. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and final question of this round before we move on to the specialist questions. We'll go first to Dan and Ryan. Dan and Ryan, the presentation of the inaugural Ballon d'Or Feminine to Norway's Ada Hegerberg was marred when, in a gaffe widely perceived as sexist, French DJ Martin Solveig inexplicably oh. thought that it was a good idea to ask Hegerberg if she knew how to perform what action. Twerk. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> you don't even need the question pasted there. No. <laughs> it's, right. it's basically... Right. I like how Palmer can't even, like, stand to, like, think through his thought process here. Like, oh, it could be this, or it could be this. He fucking knew. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just didn't want to talk through all of yeah. the sexism yeah. that's uh, in yeah. FIFA. Shall, shall we? That's a whole other pod. <laughs> Episode 227 or something. I don't yeah, know. We've done, are, how many podcasts have we done ripping FIFA for being sexist or racist? All of them. Yeah. What is the most offensive thing that FIFA could have asked Heidelberg to do in her acceptance speech? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's they, twerk. They yeah. found it. Oh, God. All right. So, so every, no one is shut out. Everyone comes out of this with, with some scoring. But uh, let's go. I hope you're proud of yourself, Portland. There's a reason we're on a team here. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. You got the right. question about asking her to twerk. Listen, hey, this Zoom still looks good. I'm doing my part. <laughs> we have, I guess, an early leader. Of course, this, this round is hardly going to make a difference Doesn't in the matter. overall outcome unless things end up very close. But we have an early lead. Mike, 0.4. Colin, 0.1. Team PDX, 0.1. Oh, what? Colin? Colin. Colin. Yeah, it's, it's the most embarrassing time of my life to be Guys. on the same level as you, Palmer. <laughs> Guys, stop the count. <laughs> All right, so you know, now we'll move on to round one, the not-all-that-hard round. It's not easy, but probably the easiest questions of the game. Oh, God, this is where we're going to get it all wrong. Yeah, I know, this is the <laughs> embarrassing round. So in this round, in all successive rounds, each of you will get three specialist questions related to your categories. Standard caveat, not intended to be a fair or comprehensive test of them. Questions may relate directly or obliquely. To keep everyone on their toes, I won't reveal the categories, not until they become evident. So before you can answer, your opponents will get to work together to try and steal the points from you. You'll only get a chance to answer for points if your opponents miss. If I pass it over to you without telling you if they got it right or wrong, sometimes that might mean because of what, like what happened earlier, they're not specific enough. Usually, I'm just trying to build suspense. So just, you know, treat it as if they're wrong. Because if they're right and you copy their answer, you're not going to get any points. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So these questions are not all that hard. They'll be worth two points as a steal, one point as a specialist, one point as a bonus. And now and for the rest of the game, the points will go to both, or all in this case, of the stealers, even if only one person knew the answer. So we will begin with Colin, Dan, and Ryan to steal from Mike. Oh, yeah. Thieves. So. Yes. Having been signed by DC United at the ridiculously young age of 14, 
a giveaway of Mike's category right there. <laughs> Wait, can we get bonus? How many words have you spoken? Can we get bonus if we answer Wait, it now? Guess his category? Well, no, 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 no. no. I think the answer, the answer isn't going to be what you think it is right now. Oh, yeah, okay. 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 I'm sorry. The category is professional soccer players who once were at a high school party I was at also. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Having been signed by DC United at the ridiculously young age of 14, Freddie Adu failed to live up to his early promise and was traded in December 2006 to what other MLS team? This team's three-word name sounds mildly absurd when mispronounced and becomes wildly inaccurate when pronounced correctly. So, yeah, I mean, I'm fairly confident with this one. Freddie Adu played for a number of teams in Wait, are you, did you call it? Wait, hold on. This is going... Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm just talking to my teammates, trying to talk it out. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I, like a yeah. good teammate, which is not what I am. You're not a good teammate. Uh, this is, yeah, no. Three, this is ball hogging. Ball yeah. hogging right now. <laughs> I'm doing this is a solo run. I'm taking this all the way from our box, all the way to the other goal. Three, it's he's played for other MLS teams, but like the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Union. Union. Yeah. But I know he also played for Real Salt Lake, which is a three three name name or whatever uh, that was three, three word, word name. name. Mildly absurd when mispronounced. Real, Real Salt, Salt Lake. Lake, and becomes wildly inaccurate when pronounced correctly. Real Salt Lake, which means mm-hmm. Royal Salt Lake. The Royal, yeah. yeah. So this is the worst. I would say it's the worst team name in MLS, but Sporting Kansas City exists. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's a, it's a photo finish. Um, Didn't even rebrand them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't think we do we have any debate on that. No. I mean, no, I but like this. I also, I don't think the Tampa Bay Mutiny existed in 2006, but they are also super silly three word. And yeah. definitely there was no actual mutiny. So also uh, <laughs> how would, how would you wildly inaccurate. Mutiny, though? Mutiny. Sporting Kansas City is also wild. Is also uh, mildly absurd. Mew tiny. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Real Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. We'll take it. You're lucky in Real Salt Lake. Or no, sorry, Real Salt Lake. Oh, Real Salt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not to be confused with that fake Salt Lake over there. <laughs> All right, and unsurprisingly, that is correct. Successfully stolen the points, but Mike will now get a chance to team with Dan and Ryan to try and steal from Colin. Colin, be nice if you pass the ball next time. Just saying. (laughs) When you're this skilled, you don't, you know. (laughs) Here's the question. What four-word phrase is now most famous for its appearance on the so-called Gadsden flag, which dates back to the 1770s, but has in recent years been adopted by far-right political groups? Back in the 2000s aughts decade, a shortened version of this phrase appeared on the uniforms of the U.S. men's national soccer team, and it also inspired a rap song and video released by Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey, highly underrated rapper. This is, I believe, four words. I'm going to pull a Colin right now and just dominate this answer. However, I think one of them's a contraction. Could be five words. It's not. It's four words. Don't tread on me. That's, uh, I mean, I'll let you guys confirm, but I think that's the answer to this. I... I can't argue with any of those points, other than that Clint Dempsey is an underrated rapper. He's properly rated. My, <laughs> my initial thought when I when I saw the the far right adoption, I thought it might be "Come and Take It" because I've seen that on a lot of far right flags. But the "Don't Tread" and my knowledge of Clint Dempsey as a rapper made this answer pretty clear. There, you guys know you guys know a lot of uh, phrases that have been. Uh, yeah, co-opted too many, though. too many. This, uh, no, so no I, enemy, I, Palmer. I first became aware of this phrase as, like, I think the American Outlaw Supporters Group, like, had some of these flags in, like, yeah. you know, mid-2000s, probably, around the time Clint Dempsey's probably releasing this song, right? And I was like, oh, it's, you know, whatever, kind of cool. And then much, you know, more recently, it's become really un- 
cool for terrible reasons. Uh, yep. So it's stuck in my mind because my first my first kind of introduction to it was through soccer. So made it clear to me. Yeah. Lock it in, Dan. Lock it in. All right. Don't tread on me is correct. Very good. And now we'll go to Colin and Mike trying to steal from Team PDX. Colin and Mike. To date, there have been eight official FIFA Women's World Cup tournaments and six Olympic women's soccer tournaments. What woman has demonstrated ant-like tenacity by appearing as a player in all of those Olympics and all but the first of those World Cups? Ant-like tenacity. By appearing in all of those Olympics as a player and all but the first of those World Cups? I mean, I think it's Formiga because she's been in like seven or eight World Cups. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Formiga means ant in Portuguese or something. I guess. I mean, we'll have to just go with that. I mean, it... Formiga is, for our listeners who don't follow women's soccer, like she still plays and she's like, I don't know how old. She's like 42 or something. Yeah, I I would say older. I was going to go way over that, 46. But yeah, I mean, I I can't think of anyone who is appearing, and it says appearing as a player. We can't say anyone besides Formiga. Yes, we'll go with that. Final answer. Lock it in. Yeah, Yeah. I I Googled Formiga's age since, uh, since you brought it up. It looks like she's actually turned 43 four days ago. Hey, oh. Mike, you're so hey, good. Formiga. You're so good. Happy birthday. But yes, Formiga is, I believe, Portuguese for ant. It's related to the same Latin root as like... I told for- you I'm not good at Portuguese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're going to love my third category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same Latin root that like formic acid comes from, which I think is mm-hmm. what, you, what ant saliva has. That's why it's antiseptic. Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. And now... Always learning something. <laughs> Colin, nope. uh, Dan, I'm and always- Ryan try and steal from Mike. So, Salt Lake Stadium is not home to Real Salt Lake. It is, however, the home ground of the clubs ATK Mohun Began and East Bengal, and also sometimes host Mohammedan Sporting Club. In which West Bengal city is it located? Oh, oh Mike, you geography. Yeah, yeah I know. This is, this su- is, this this is, is a, such a rip. So, this for the, the listeners who don't understand this, I mean, I don't know if we can guess or give away his categories, if there's any, like, reason to do that or not think, do that. I think there's no reason not to. Yeah. Mike loves soccer stadiums, stadia, mm-hmm. and also and his academic background is in geography. So he's just making these categories that are clearly slanted, slanting the table towards him, whereas I'm picking things that are just good categories because... I want to have fun <laughs> questions and have fun tonight. Geography is a classic trivia topic. I oh, geography is so fun. That is true. It's so fun. But I should have done neuroscience I mean, questions. Good point. To, yeah, the soccer. I mean, good the luck doing neuroscience and soccer. The, Read philosophy and soccer. Is, I mean, come on. The, uh, peek behind the curtain. Mike, as a child, used to spend whatever pre-Wikipedia uh, <laughs> web pages were just staring at world stadiums around the net. world. So yeah. I know Mike knows this. Yeah, I was, yeah. um, was a sad and lonely child, okay? Just bring, <laughs> keep bringing it up. Sad and lonely so, adult. You never change. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I got nothing on this. I got nothing. West Bengal City. It's wild that it's a West Bengal City, but the club East Bengal, it's a home ground for East Bengal. It doesn't help me at all. I'm just commenting as I read this <laughs> question like three times to try to find hints um i have no idea it's wait, also ben, india right bengal india? yeah yeah yeah, yes. yeah definitely so what we just say mumbai i don't know i mean that's fine an acceptable guess the real downside here is we will prove just how little we know by yeah, even guessing we know nothing at, about the yeah. world yeah I know. I know i know that but i guess okay. people listening don't know that i don't know anything about the world 
I Colin. barely, I barely find my found my way to Portland, so <laughs> there's no way. I like how on the first on the first question, I just took it and slalomed, and on this one, we're just like sitting at the back. We all don't want the ball. We're kicking at each other. <laughs> Park on the bus. Yeah, Mumbai. Uh, we'll take it. Lock it in. Throw it to Mike. All right, Mumbai. Well, that is in fact a city in India. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with half a point. Mumbai, as as everyone knows, located on the west. You know, the western part of India, the western coast of India. And Bengal, you know, Bangladesh is to the oh, east of east India. Of so you're yeah. you guys, you know, right country, wrong, wrong side of the country. I'm pretty sure the city that we're looking for is Kolkata, which is I believe the biggest city in in uh, West Bengal. But you know, I'm I'm stretching here on my uh, my Indian wow. geographic knowledge, but I'll lock in Kolkata. Yeah, when I when I was growing up, it was called Calcutta, now Kolkata. But yes, it is the capital and largest city in West Bengal, and is the correct answer to this question. Hey, oh my God! Well done, Mike. Mike. I just want to point out that you know all you science people with your fancy jobs, just let me have my trivia points, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We're here for you, Mike. The thread originally was just something for Mike to live for, so here we are. That's the entire reason we have a podcast. Did you did you know the question because of the geography clues, or did you know the question because of the stadium? Uh, geography clues. Okay. I I had heard of the stadium. I'm less impressed. I'm sorry. I'm constantly disappointed. But still quite impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and 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 as you point, I did. This was originally slightly harder, but then I realized that East Bengal actually might point toward Bangladesh because during the partition of India in 1947, what was then called East Pakistan to now Bangladesh, it essentially is what the East Bengal was turned into, so I thought it might be misleading, but the supporters of East Bengal are basically refugees from what's now Bangladesh, who are in West Bengal, basically. Okay. So now Mike, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Colin. Often referred to as the third oldest professional team in the professional football team in the world, what Welsh soccer club made headlines in late 2020 and early 2021 when it was acquired by Hollywood actors Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney? Oh, God. They bought this club because they wanted to just use it as a reality television uh, vehicle. Okay, I think I might know this. This is kind of pulling it it from nowhere, but for some reason, the word... I don't know how this is pronounced but Wrexham or maybe it's like oh, W-R-E-X-H-A-M Wrexham Wrexham yep yep but that is it I don't know I think that's right I didn't know it was a Welsh club actually so I would have been in the you know Cardiff etc etc territory yep but that feels good Wrexham 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 is right I know that's right so what are you lucky maybe in? maybe not Wrexham Rex- spell it Mike <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I, okay, I'll... I'll uh, <laughs> please don't I'll spell it, Mike, please don't. I was like, wait, do I really have to spell it again? <laughs> I'll save you the trouble. Yes, Wrexham is correct. You, basically, all the consonants in the correct and the right order will usually be enough to get points. Uh, and yeah, you did, you did remember to put that R in there. So yes, Wrexham is correct. I'm also a terrible speller, so hopefully there's no more spelling bee questions. Uh, <laughs> I've exhausted all my spelling capabilities. Yeah, but that category that I took was Welsh. It's all just Welsh, a lot of F's, <laughs> double F's, double L's. Welsh and Portuguese, Colin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Welsh spelling would, yeah, Welsh spelling bees might, would be a fun thing to watch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
uh, Colin and Mike now to steal from Dan and Ryan. What sports-themed British comedy panel show, which ran from 1992 to 1994 on radio and then 1995 to 2006 on BBC One, derived its five-word title from an iconic quote spoken by commentator Kenneth Wolstenholm in the final moments of the 1966 FIFA World Cup Championship? Colin, I feel like you're the Anglophile, so, you know, make it happen. It's only because I only speak English. Um... (laughs) 1966 World Cup final was in England. It was won by the English national team. I'm assuming this iconic commentator is English, and so it would have been a very positive five-word title. British-themed comedy panel show. Mm. Okay, I think the quote from this... So, I thought this was a more than six letters, but maybe we can parse this out. Because I thought the well, quote is... Six letters? It's five words. What do you... Or, sorry, sorry. I thought it was more than five words. Uh... But I thought the quote, because people were storming the field, and the commentator says something like, they think it's all over, it is it now, is. or, nah, or yeah. something like So maybe it's, they think it's all over? That's sure, five, let's take it. I like words. it. Uh, let's take it. They think it's all over. Yeah. I, I wanted to make sure, because I, sometimes I, I misremember it as, they all think it's over. But yes, it is, they think it's all over, is correct. Wow, go. good job. Wow. Let's go. Man. TPDX was never going to get that. You should have been studying, you know, science. You should have been on Wikipedia, you fools. No. Look, I've done 225 episodes with you. I know. I know you weren't going to get that. Well, listen, you think it's all over, but it ain't. (laughs) (laughs) It is now, Ryan. (laughs) We may may revisit that quote at the end of this game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Colin, Dan, and Ryan, now to steal from Mike. After striking an opposing player on the cheek, who became, in 2008, only the second man to be sent off with a red card during the UEFA Champions League final? Ironically, this footballer is more associated with nonviolence, as a speech he gave following his nation's qualification for the 2006 FIFA World Cup is credited with bringing about a ceasefire in that nation's civil war. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, oh. Balkan. No. It's got Croatia, no. Bosnia. No. No. Where was the 2006 World Cup? Germany. I, this is this is a. Uh, Wait, sorry. I think you were you're thinking about the the Civil War incorrectly. 2008 red card. This is the peak of English teams doing well in Champions League. This is Drogba. This is Chelsea. Ivory 2006 Coast. World Cup. Ivory Coast. He is associated. He like he's a great guy. Blah blah blah. I th- I'm I don't exactly remember this. I feel like I would remember Drogba being sent off, but the other clues add up. Ivory Coast and Chelsea being in the Champions League final in 2008. Is that the Jer- John Terry slips on the penalty kick year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Drogba had a goal in that game also, a header off a corner. And I think I, I, I'm pretty sure Ivory Coast was in the 2006 World Cup, so that part holds up also. Yep. Yeah, let's go Drogba. DDA Drogba. Yeah. Drogba, yes. DDA Drogba is the correct answer. Very good. To, uh, You're, to welcome, Portland. Portland. You're welcome. My favorite DDA Drogba quote. That's this a disgrace. Is, this is a flipping disgrace. <laughs> all right uh mike dan and ryan now to try and steal from colin a standard soccer ball is a truncated icosahedron with euler characteristic equal to two knowing that and knowing that its surface has 60 vertices and 90 edges you can use euler's polyhedron formula to calculate that it has how many total faces another way of saying that if you add up the number of pentagons and the number of hexagons on the outside of a standard soccer ball, what result would you get? Okay, this is, okay, this science nerds. Yep, Dan. This is, uh, I'm passing it to Dan. 
I've, I've been doing a little bit of reading about map theory recently because I'd like to figure out how to run as quickly as possible all, <laughs> <talked> about this. <laughs> all of the streets in my neighborhood. I want to do in every single street. So it's a lot of even and odd vertices. I can't believe uh, you haven't talked to me about something related to maps. I'm a little hurt. I did. And you said, that sounds like a math problem. Go away. That sounds so, like something I would say. <laughs> yeah. All of that to say, this feels like something I may have read about recently, but I have no idea how to use these numbers to come up with the correct answer. So we should just make a reasonable guess. I don't even know what a reasonable guess would be. All right, so, so you've, got 90, well, you've got 90 edges, and each edge is used twice, right? Oh, yes. It's going to take you guys so long so to it's, derive this. So it's 180, <laughs> it's like a 180 edge sides, and then each... Each bar, edge size, uh, basically like divided by five or six, and then that's about how many you'd have, right? And it's probably an equal, no, it won't be an equal number of pentagons and hexagons. So it's it will be more pentagons than hexagons. Does Colin know the answer to this question? No, he has no idea. Uh, <laughs> Straight poker face, baby. Number, you don't know. I mean, yeah, it, but Mike, I mean, you're in the you're you're on the right path here, right? So you got 180, you know, kind of individual edges, and you divide that by something between five and six. So it'll be between uh, 30. Now I'm going to try to do yeah math. Good luck dividing 180 by five. That's basically yeah, impossible. Yeah, that's n- nearly impossible. <laughs> uh, and six actually it should divide very easily into also come to think of it. Well, uh, <laughs> Yo, she's but, dying. What, what's what's the policy on using calculators? Is that against the rules? Calculators, <laughs> yes. Pen and paper are okay, or pencil and paper, whatever. You've got. Writing Ooh. implement and blank paper. Are well, okay. it's long I mean, is it's been a while. It's between thirty. Division. It has to be between thirty and thirty-six, right? If it was all fives, it'd be thirty-six. If it was all sixes, it would be thirty. It's going to be. Are we asking how many panels are on a? You guys, yeah. please let yes. me answer this. I feel like thirty-six is the correct answer. He I just, think that... Dan just said 36 is the maximum. Well, yeah, let's take the maximum. <laughs> well, but they're not oh, all hexagons. Take the maximum. We'll be some punks. Let's right, go. Let's take, let's take 34. Yeah, yeah. Let's just take 34 then. Right, That's a reasonable guess. Lucky in 34? All right. Yeah. I'll pass it over to Colin without saying anything. The correct answer 30, is 32. What did he say, Colin? The correct answer is 32. Did you, did you get that from the formula or just knowing the soccer ball? <laughs> knowing the soccer ball, Your Honor. <laughs> Mike Mike looked up stadiums Colin counted panels on uh, soccer balls Colin just had a, no, a I panel and a real sharpie on this. marker and he would just count one, two, three the four, real answer on this thought. is real boring and like real weird memory like kind of thing in fifth grade we used to do this thing where you put straw, you had straws and string you would make like tetrahedrons and like the whatever the next bigger octahedron the, the platonic solids yeah yeah See, I'm not that smart, but I was in this <laughs> class, and it was it was in special class, like where you had to not be doing regular math; you were doing advanced math. This is advanced math. And wow, flex, God, flex, yeah. Just and this podcast. you went up to the next one after octahedron was some kind of twenty-sided thing, and the next one after that was thirty-two si- thirty-two sided, and it looked like a soccer ball. There you go. Is this I, also? I tried to. Get- I tried to get into that room once, and they they yeah, like, <laughs> kicked you out. Oh, sorry. Uh, you're, you're down the hall. I, so. just, I got the first F bomb. Yeah. You got the second one. Is that equivalent to a buckyball in chemistry? No, uh, buckyball is so. is. Uh, it, I think it's all five sided. I think it's six. Yeah, but I'm not sure. All fives, something yeah. like that. Yeah, okay. it's much bigger, much bigger. Yeah, 
But um, yeah, the Euler's polyhedron formula, basically the number of vertices minus edges plus faces equals, well, the Euler characteristic, which for most polyhedrons that we'll actually see in the real world will be 2. So 60 minus 90 plus 32 equals 2. The 32 is correct. Uh-huh. Well done, Mike, uh, Colin. But that uh, approximation right. between 30 and 36 is, was right on as well. Yeah. That would really help me, like, solidify my answer. I was like, ooh, is it the 21 or the 32 one from we, that class? And we, yeah. Then we should have know. done a better guess. Yeah. We'll get yeah, him next time. I'll take the blame uh, for that. 12, <laughs> yeah, 12 pentagonal faces and 20 uh, regular <laughs> hexagons. So 32 in total. All right. And uh, he, I had that backwards. I was thinking more pentagon than hexagons, and that shifted it towards 36 instead of down towards 30. Sorry, guys. My bad. Dan, I'm just proud of you. You weren't even in the smart math classroom in school, and look at you now. You've come a long way. I just don't talk about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best flex I have. I peaked at fifth grade. Uh, 1997. Same. <laughs> Great year. Hi, this is Sitra Yogesh. I just wanted to apologize to Dan for being dismissive of his comment. The Buckminster Fullerene, or Buckyball, is a molecule with 60 carbon atoms arranged in a truncated icosahedron and its structure does have 20 hexagonal faces and 12 pentagonal faces, just like a soccer ball. So his comment was correct. All right, so the uh, final question of the not all that hard round before the questions go up slightly in difficulty and in point value as well. This will go to Colin and Mike trying to steal from Dan and Ryan. In the 2018 FIFA Men's World Cup Group H, both Japan and Senegal finished with a 1-1-1 record. They also both scored four goals and allowed four goals. As a result, they were tied for second place on both standing points and goal differential. Since only one of them could move on to the knockout stage, what method was used to break the tie? Ooh, I do not remember. This is a memory mm. question. So they were tied on standings, on, on points, and goal mm. differential. That leaves us goals for and goals against. Well, it could also be head-to-head. Is head-to-head in there? No. Because, like, one of them could have beat the other one. and Yeah. That, that, I mean, the other option to me was, like, coin flip. No, I don't, think, I don't think it got there. Don't no. you think we would remember that? Exactly. So I feel like head-to-head, I don't know. This feels like a tricky a tricky question. Maybe it's not that tricky. Wait, what were the other, <laughs> what were the other things you were saying? I wasn't listening. <laughs> goals for or goals against? I'm just like going through like what we normally would show well, they, on the table, like wins, losses, yep. draws, goals for, goals against, goal difference, points. Yep, yep. But we know it wouldn't have been goals for or goals against because they both have the same number. No, that's true. Yeah, so let's go head-to-head. Sure. Again, I like Is to that, take these like like straightforward answers. If if you're wrong, you don't want to have passed up this this obvious answer. So that's what you're locking in head to head. We'll take it. Yep. All right. Is that right, Dan and Ryan? <sighs> we th- we think maybe not. I Ooh. I feel like. One of the tiebreakers in group play is like discipline or yellow cards Ooh. or something along like what team has. I love that Ryan made one of his categories laws of the game. <laughs> the man loves some rules. I think we'll get also on to MLS financials soon. <laughs> also, this feels like a thing FIFA would do because they're all they want to be about fair play, but they think it would never come to it. So when it came to it, they were probably like, "Oh crap!" Now we have right. to like pretend like yeah. we care about yellow cards. Um, yeah. But I don't. I, I agree, Palmer. I don't think it's probably just yellow cards because reds might be double or something like that. Well, so I think so discipline, like, just like discipline, yeah. yeah. Or, or fair play, they might have even called it. I don't know how, because they hand out like a fair play award at the end of the tournament. I don't know how they right. would break a tie on fair play. Um, maybe discipline. I, li- I, I like that. 
Okay, yeah, I mean, I think the official term is fair play points, but I think what you're saying is basically oh. right. yeah. mm. Wow. Good Come on. on. Wow. Suck it, Swamp Scott. Suck it. Wow. Where's, where's <laughs> the that's fair for my, play that's after my wife. your question. own question. That's your own question. I was trying to steal that. <laughs> I know you know about fair play, yeah. and you know I don't know about Listen, fair play. I have been fair play is one of your categories, in, really? I have been instructed to rub in every correct answer that I get over <laughs> you by my wife. So I just want to let you know, fair. suck it fair. from my wife. <laughs> If I ever did something better than your wife, I would rub it in on her, but I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know if head-to-head -head figures into that, but I just Google just now just to see what happened, and apparently they did tie head-to-head -head in their head-to-head -head game, so mm, it probably. wouldn't have made a difference anyway. Sometimes they also do goals against common opponent. Yeah, I know. They're, they're yeah. often those... This, this isn't going to come up in the game, but I know there's that... Gold, because of the golden goal rule, there was that famous match where a team tried to... or. A team was trying to score into its own goal, and the other team was defending both goals at the same time. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, love that. All right. But our so, podcast uh, is really all about <laughs> situations like that. That is an oddity of soccer that mm -hmm. we, we, we love. love. We love. All right, so we end the not-all-that-hard round basically exactly where we started it. Mike, 9.4. Colin, 9.1. Dan and Ryan, 9.1. Command and leave. Right. Fair play. Amazing. Fair play. So now we move on to the only somewhat hard round. These questions are worth four points as a steal, three as a specialist. And we will begin with Colin, Dan, and Ryan trying to steal from Mike. The largest or second largest sports stadium in the world, depending on whose seating capacity figures you trust, is, lo is located on Brungra Island in Pyongyang, North Korea, and hosts the Arirang Mass Gymnastics and Cultural Festival, as well as home games of North Korea's men's and women's national soccer teams. As commemorated in its full name, the stadium had its official opening in 1989. On what specific significant date? I think Mike's category might not even just be stadia. It might be worldstadiums.net. <laughs> the actual category. Wikipedia pages Mike goes to three times a week. So that would be too many categories. Um, what specific significant date? It's got to be like a birth date for whatever whomever the supreme leader was at because it's pyongyang north korea right? i mean i yeah, yeah i totally agree with you that it has to be that that's the idea right like a birthday or whatever anniversary but it could be anything right of that genre it could be they got married at the, 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 the on that day or whatever sure yeah but it could also be mm. like you know the the uh, for, you know Independence Day right, or whatever yeah, that yeah. it could be a national holiday. We got nothing. Mike knows it because he knows the uh, full name of the stadium. He I'm, has since he was thirteen. I'm not sure I know that. I think I know this one, but the the full name pieces got me a little shook. Mm. So if I, I mean if I don't know, there's no way you guys are gonna know it. <laughs> Is there? I feel like <laughs> there's a, a large stadium called the People's Stadium. Is that this one, or is that, like, the Russian one where they also, you look at pictures of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people doing synchronized gymnastics? I mean, I think that's this the one. It's got to be this one. The, this people's the People's Stadium. Republic. Yeah. But what specific significant date? It's about the date. It's not about... Right. We, we need the actual date. But it's date. the name, commemorated in its full name. So if we got the name, that would push us there. Uh, I, see, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You uh, got a, a uh, one in 366 shot. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could just pick the date, the actual date. Oh, shit. Oh. We have sorry, to pick the date? This is, yeah, we don't have to. Oh, gosh. I misinterpreted the question. Sorry, yeah. this has been a lot of chat for nothing. So this isn't like 
such and such's birthday. This is sorry, Yogesh, to confirm. This is not such and such's birthday. This it's is like May seventh. Day of the year. Calendar date. Yes. Got it. Let's okay again with my. Wait, let's not uh, be fools here. Uh, we no, don't know anything uh-huh. about North Korea. We don't. We've already established that in the last question, last geography question. We don't know anything about the rest of the world. So let's go with a calendar date that's very popular, like January first or. May 1st. I like May Day. I I like like May 1st. No, I like for the People's Day. I like that, too. But I'm thinking summer sports. May 1st, Big stadium. January or June 21st. Oh, for solstice? Yeah. I like May 1st better. Or, oh, no, that wouldn't make sense. Uh, Okay. May May 1? Sure. Lock it in. 365. Come on. I mean, why not? You're locking in May 1st? Sure. Yes, please. Is that correct, Mike? think so. so this, yeah, this is one where uh, knowing if you actually knew a lot about North Korea, it might have led you astray because they do have other auspicious dates. But if all you know is that they're communist, yeah. the, the date that yeah we communists celebrate, as Justin Timberlake said, it's going to be May. May <laughs> yes. Great job, Dan. Wow. Job, way, to, Dan. way to work that one out. Yeah, way to work Oof. that out. Talk us back from birthdays and, and uh, Independence Day or whatever. Well, I didn't really. Yogesh said one solstice. in 365. Yeah. It was the offhand comment from the host that really <laughs> brought me back to the calendar. That's your, your hosting expertise. Yep. Well, yeah. One in 366 because it could be February 29th after all. Fair. Fool fair. picks that. Fool picks that. We're not that bad. <laughs> Although, yeah, I guess I did say 1989, so there wouldn't have been a February 29th. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. The famous non-leap year. <laughs> 1989. <laughs> Palmer doesn't know how to figure out what leap years are. No, he doesn't know the leap year rule. He can't divide by four. (laughs) But not divisible by 100? I think. My my original due date, actually, I was originally supposed to be born on February 29th, but I came two weeks early. Uh, Makes it easier. (laughs) I'd be much, much younger than I am now. Future Yogesh here, just to expand on what Dan was getting at. Leap years occur in years that are visible by 4, unless they are divisible by 100, unless they are divisible by 400. So the year 2000, for example, was a leap year, because it was an exception to the exception. Alright, Mike, Dan, and Ryan now to steal from Colin. What 1962 instrumental by The Tornadoes became the first song by a British group to reach number one on the US charts? It shares its name with the soccer ball designed by Aigil Nielsen and introduced by Adidas at the 1968 UEFA European Football Championship that established the now-standard 32-panel black-and-white design. Both the song and the ball were named for an AT&T-owned Bell Labs-manufactured communication satellite that made headlines when launched by NASA in July 1962. Oh, this says so much that I would like to know more about. So, 62... Um... <clears throat> 66 was the England World Cup. I don't know where 62 was played, but usually Colin, it's... Colin, did you just pick soccer balls as your... I no, did, I, think I did. That's my category. Oh, I thought it was songs, actually. Yeah, that was songs, too. My, my category was the ball itself. I like that. Um, oh, but it was introduced in 1968, Europa European. Okay, so it wasn't yep. the 62 World Cup that it came from. Adidas... Mundial like is the only one that I can think of, but no, that was that's a, a, I don't that's think a that was cliche. the name of the yeah, I mean, that's the, a shoot. The, the, the tango. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is the tango was the ball, but this might have predated the tango. But I also don't have a better answer. And I feel like tango is musical. Songs are musical. It would make sense if you have like an instrumental that's tango inspired. 
to name it Tango. Would a British uh, group have a song called Tango that reached number one in the U.S.? That feels not right. I'm also not sure about a satellite being called Tango. Oh, no, I think satellite could be Tango because it's like the the army That's alphabet. Me. It's like Delta satellite, oh, Foxtrot satellite, nice. Tango satellite. That's good. So That's good. I'm I like talking that. myself into that. And again, I still I don't tango. have a better answer. So, I like Tango. Yeah, I mean, I don't think lock, we're going to come up with anything else. Lock it in. All right, you locked in Tango. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't know about the whole tradition of Adidas balls and all their separate names until I started researching for this podcast. And uh, yeah, that definitely. I mean, there definitely is an Adidas Tango. I think it was introduced for one of the Argentina World Cups, like in the late seventies. So that's a good guess, but not the correct answer. All right, call it. I wouldn't. I would. I think I can talk my way into this one. I got the way Mike talked his way into tango, but I, I like my my uh, my story better. Tor- 1962 instrumental by Tornadoes gives me nothing. 1968 UEFA European Football Championship established the now standard panel black and white design. Ah, why did they go to black and white so you could see it on TV, right? That's why they went from brown to black and white. Okay, keep that in mind. Both the song and the ball were named for an AT&T Bell Labs manufactured satellite. So it's something satellite, TV-ish sounding, right? Telstar. I believe there oh. is a ball called oh. the Telstar. Hmm. There is. That sounds hmm. television. That sounds Bell Labs. Telstar. All right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I think the name itself probably derived from the physical resemblance of the ball to the satellite. But Telstar well, yeah. is, yeah, is the correct yeah. answer. Wow. Nice, Colin. Nice. Well played. Nicely mm. done, Colin. Who's on Wikipedia now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Colin and Mike now to steal from Dan and Ryan. David Anspaugh has directed two bona fide classics of the sports movie genre, 1986's Hoosiers and 1993's Rudy. However, Lightning failed to strike a third time when he helmed 2005's indifferently received The Game of Their Lives, based on the true story of the U.S. men's national team's 1-0 victory in the 1950 FIFA World Cup tournament against which opponent? England. Did you say England? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's correct. The 1950, this is some, this World Cup is somewhere in South America, in the 1930 World Cup, the U.S. went and I think lost all, our, all the games. But in 1950, won one game. I'm trying to think of the goal scorer in this game. He's a... Joe something, I want to yeah. say. He's, he, he's like a Gage, Cuban-American, go, I believe. Joe, like, Gaetjens. Yeah, Gaetjens. G-A-E-T-J-E-A-N. Can we get, like, 25 bonus points, if that's yeah, right? Yeah, we're, we're just trying to get bonus points here. Or, like, <laughs> talk I, ourselves into it. But, I, yeah, I, I think that's got to be right. I also know that uh, the well, I mean, score, that's, that's who scored. The score is printed as 10-1 England because a lot of people thought it was a typo that the U.S. could possibly beat England, so that's got to be another 30 to 40 bonus points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> easily. Okay, yeah, we'll take it. England. All right, yeah, I can't really offer you bonus points, but you'll each get <laughs> the regular points for uh, knowing it is England. I like how you say, like, you can't offer us bonus points yeah. if your boss won't let Wait, you. Wait, who's in charge here? <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there's a man behind the curtain who's just over Yogesh's uh, right shoulder who's, who's like, no, sorry, we uh, can't do no, any bonus no, points. We don't have any more of those. No Cut them off. Make them stop. How do they know about the bonus points? <laughs> well, if you, if you listen to any other episodes of this podcast, that would be how you'd know about them. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, call in Dan and Ryan to steal from Mike. He probably won't hold this record for much longer, but as of recording, at least according to Wikipedia, the player with the most appearances in the UEFA Champions League is Spanish goalkeeper Iker Casillas at 177. Although he is most associated with Real Madrid, Casillas was signed to what club at the time of the 2019 heart attack that ended his career? Who, sorry, this is Mike's question? Yeah, Portuguese, baby. Call it, Portuguese, call, Portuguese. Call I think Dan it was and Ryan Steele from Mike, yes. FC Porto. That's correct. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I don't think I have any additional knowledge besides just knowing that he went to FC Porto. He went oh. to FC Porto. I feel like Iker Casillas is... I feel like Iker... Iker or Iker? Iker. Depends how... I just call him... I just call him... Casillas. Sun Iker. I feel like he is your favorite goalkeeper, Dan. I. That's true. We. I can't fill in about FC Porto, but Iker Casillas is a lovely goalkeeper because he plays or played before he had his heart attack. Like he was in the backyard. Like, the you know, his his coaches must have hated him. His dives were not conventional. But the man only wanted to ever do one thing, which was keep the ball out of the net. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah. Absolute, absolute hero. Lovely. Uh, yeah, so Porto is what you're locking in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. All right. Yeah, very high-scoring game here, but that's not surprising considering, I mean, you're all... Experts clearly in this topic. Not a stealing we, I'm shocked. Not Palmer. I'm absolutely not shocked. Palmer. Hey, Good steady. Put him on I'm a on a team. Somebody. I'm on a team, dog. This yep. is a team sport. Palmer's all about. <laughs> he's all about distractions. We're just right. looking at him instead of thinking about soccer. It's tough. <laughs> Mike, Dan, and Ryan to steal from Colin. In 1924, the Dossler brothers went into the shoemaking business together. Their relationship deteriorated, and a few years after World War II, their firm split into two separate companies, with Adi Dossler running Adidas and Rudolf Dossler running Puma. One notable footnote to this rivalry came in the 1974 FIFA World Cup, when what superstar player and Puma loyalist infamously played without one of the three Adidas stripes on his jersey? Man, I was excited because I knew that the brothers both... Uh, founded Adidas and Puma, and then I got scared, and then I got excited again because Johan Cruyff, very famous uh, Puma Puma ambassador or whatever, and I'm just he's he's the answer, I guess. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> yes, uh, Johan Cruyff, or however you pronounce that, is correct. God, yeah. do you guys well do anything other than read Wikipedia? Like, what is going <laughs> oh, on? You know, I read books. We're in a book club together, okay? I just love to read. I'm bit... We have yet to read a book about soccer in this book club, Mike. Well, all, that's all I I'm think saying. you're up next to choose the book, so be the change you want to see. <laughs> all right, Colin and Mike now to steal from Dan and Ryan. Although rare, it is sometimes a case that a team in the FIFA World Cup tournament, meaning like the actual tournament stage, not the qualifiers, represents more than one nation. This occurred in 2006, when what team in the tournament comprised two separate sovereign nations that had agreed to a split shortly before the tournament commenced? Wow. Wow. 2006? 2006. So this is a geography question, bro. It is, this is a geography question, I believe, although very soccer-related. Okay, so what parts of the world were, you know, breaking up or, you know, country borders were changing around this time? The first thing that comes to mind for me is the Balkans. Got so it. you had the Balkans War. So you had Yugoslavia, broke up into a lot of countries. And when I just put countries' names next to one another, Serbia and Montenegro just sounds sounds good. Those are not countries right now, or they're separate countries, but I feel like they were playing under a single team. Like, I know Serbia and Croatia, those guys were at war with each other 
there's no way they'd be playing on the team together during that time. Like Bosnia and Herzegovina, I, I don't know. Yeah, not, I mean, I'm just thinking of other countries around there, like Bosnia and Herzegovina's their country, Slovenia, Albania. Can I, not, not to try to throw you off or anything, but St. Kitts and Nevis. <laughs> <laughs> and Tigran and, and Tobago. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like where you're going with this. The only one uh, I, I feel like that you haven't mentioned is Bosnia. Or did you mention them? But because I Bosnia know that they are, yeah, they are a newer soccer playing independently, you know, team or whatever. Like, because there are guys that played for, I believe, Croatia and then later for Bosnia because um, they, you know, <clears throat> Bosnia wasn't an option for them at some point in their career, right? Like, you, you know, you, you can't change nations you represent, but if you're nation becomes independent or whatever you can represent your new nation or whatever or what was originally your your homeland so that's the one i would have thrown in there i also the the weird thing can i just yeah two separate sovereign nations that can't be we can't i guess is a again me not knowing about the rest of the world geography question but like scotland and and england are not two separate sovereign nations right yeah but they wouldn't have just decided yes but shortly before, before the, the tournament to be like yeah Oh, sorry, sorry, Dan, sorry. Palmer, Thanks for we're the help, trying. Palms. No, I think that's good. I think it might be Scotland and England. Guess that. <laughs> Wait, what about St. Kitts and Nevis? I thought I heard final Nevis. answer. Sorry. Okay, St. Kitts and Nevis. Yeah, let's get back to them. <laughs> um, there's nothing in Africa you'd, you'd like better? I don't think there's anything. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling really good about Serbia and Montenegro. All right. I mean, I don't see Montenegro making a tournament by themselves in 2006. They, they didn't. They weren't a country during qualification, or they were part of Serbia. <laughs> Read the question. And then, and then after after the tournament, like after oh, Serbia qualified, it was I like, see. oh hey, surprise! Like Montenegro, now it we're a country now. With. And but you know, we had three guys who were on the roster, and Serbia gotcha. still wants them play. Gotcha, gotcha. Sure, let's. Get, I like it. Take it. We're read, we're cutting the, the last. We're yeah, we're cutting the last three that. minutes out. This is. <laughs> yeah. Read the question is my favorite part of this podcast. God, I got <laughs> this question backwards. I was trying that. to split things apart instead of put them together. Yeah, <laughs> and, take and, it. Uh, Serbia Montenegro. If Cliff is still listening, Cliff, splice in the part where Colin makes fun of my reading comprehension. <laughs> Australia and New Zealand, please. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite part is always when the player getting stolen from joins in the deliberation. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. That's, That's probably not. That's uh, in the quizzing world, it's probably a faux pas, but uh, There's we are no way we are going to pick Scotland and England. There's no way. It's Wales and England. Yeah, I... In, uh, the, it was in the uh, famous the famous countries that are always warring and <laughs> split apart at last minute. We've seen Braveheart. Scotland and England. If, if the question were about 1707, that would be when they stopped being <laughs> sovereign nations. But, yeah, in uh, in 2003, they the Serbia and Montenegro. Well, they were Yugoslavia. They changed to Serbia and Montenegro with the condition that in three years there would be a plebiscite. And so there was in 2006, the Montenegrins voted to become independent. So they did split, but they did play as Serbia and Montenegro at the World Cup. So that is correct. Great job, Boo. <laughs> yeah, in uh, video uh, air high five, not great for the audio. <laughs> but speaking of what there is a, a a expression in the quizzing community which is just uh, RTFQ, and it basically means read the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Colin, Dan, and Ryan to steal from Mike. What most populous city in Bolivia was the birthplace of two stars of DC United's inaugural lineup, Marco Echeverri and Jaime Moreno? 
You can give either the full name of the city or its common shortening, which is shared with a California city, home to a UC campus, that has engaged in a legal dispute with Huntington Beach over trademarking the phrase Surf City USA. <laughs> okay, I thought I knew this until he started talking about uh, California. Surf City USA. Yeah, because I know a little bit about Bolivia. It's landlocked. I like a landlocked nation. You know me, geography. Psh, I'm all about it. There's two cities in, in Bolivia that I know about, La Paz and Sucre. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I believe La Paz is the big one. It means the peace. feel like that could be a shortened thing, right? He said you can either give the full name or it's common shortening. could be La Paz de blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. I got La Paz. I feel like that's a big, big city. It sounds big. <laughs> it sounds big. It's got that big, big city name. What was the other big city in Bolivia that you mentioned? Sucre or Sucre, Sucre. I, you pronunciation, but I, I feel I feel like La Paz is the bigger one. Can also, we, I feel like one of these I know because it's probably the capital, and one is probably the biggest city. So it's probably that I'm getting this wrong because you know I'm probably giving you the, the capital, and the other one's probably the bigger city. You know, I feel like La, La Paz is the is the capital. Guys, La Paz I mean, is the one that like knows I that know. Bolivia has two capitals. Okay, jeez, you're embarrassing yourselves. <laughs> okay so those Wait. are the two capitals first of all those are the two capitals bam got them both must be if i, I mean, only know two cities in bolivia how am i going to know work? one that's not a capital colin Impossible. colin <laughs> <laughs> what about the uc campus angle here it's surf city usa so it has to be southern california you would think uc santa cruz san diego la, la oh, cruces santa cruz you see Santa Barbara, you see LA, oh, obviously San Diego. It's common shortening. So it'd be Santa. Yeah, like the long name would be something, something, something. But Santa, no, Santa Cruz is, is in Northern California, I believe. I mean, I only Could live a, a single day drive from there. How should I know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I just know somebody who went to Santa Cruz and he's kind of a North Cal kind of guy. I'd be surprised if he went you, to. Can you name all the UCs? Should we just name all the Irvine. UCs? That's what uh, I was trying Dominguez. to do. Uh, San Diego. There's one. That's oh, maybe it's Dominguez Hills. I, there's one that, Riverside. I feel like we got to go La Paz. If Mike gets this, I want to know Surf City USA. Yeah, I mean he he might get it because the 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 California angle, but you see. Oh, yeah, you're not. You fine. don't think Mike's gonna get it because of the most. Oh no! I mean, Mike's gonna get it. Mike's gonna get it. Mike's gonna get it because it's a DC United geography question. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, he Marco can't not get this. Well, okay, lock it in. No, I'm, I'm in Moreno from uh, Palmer. That hurts. <laughs> yeah, let's La, La Paz, yeah. Lock it in. You're locking in La Paz? All right. Sure. Yes. Mike? Uh, Santa Cruz is the city. We oh, dang. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Dan. Sorry. We dang. said it. Good job, uh, Dan. You, you I'm guys, sorry I talked you out of that. You guys did a great job on UC campuses, though. You missed Merced. Um, you missed UC <laughs> Davis. I think there's a oh. UC San Francisco Law School, maybe? Med medical school. Medical Hastings school? is a law school. <laughs> UCSF is the medical sciences one. Okay. And yeah, there's a U Irvine as well, which was an answer mm -hmm. in a previous episode. But yeah, I mean, the banana slugs with the, the yeah. t-shirt that... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who is it? Wears it in Pulp Fiction? Is it Jackson oh, tri or Travolta? Uh, Travolta, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Travolta, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you see Santa Vincent. Cruz. But yeah, it, the, the two capitals, you know, people do remember the two capitals, uh, La Paz and Sucre, but it's maybe less well known that Santa Cruz de la Sierra is the most populous city. A hundred percent thought that when Mike said that about having two capitals, it was a joke. So. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, you know, you were you were kind of embarrassing yourself before, Dan, but now you're really embarrassing hey. yourself. Your lack of Bolivian geography knowledge is, well, just frankly, just standard knowledge is it's reprehensible. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> I did not. I did not sign up for this trivia podcast. Uh, good answer from Mike, but Colin is still slightly in the lead. And but Ooh, uh, Mike, Dan, and Ryan will have a chance to steal this question from him. Of the fifty-one cities with official city status in England, which is the only one located primarily on an island? As a result, that island is the third most populous island in the British Isles, surpassed only by Great Britain and Ireland. Oh, and this city's namesake soccer club was saved from liquidation in 2013 when it was bought by a supporters trust. That trust later sold it to its current owner, former Disney CEO Michael Eisner. Uh, okay. Okay, so I can't, I can only think, I'm trying to do Colin's classroom corner here. I'm thinking Lincoln City Imps. No, li- li- Lincoln English. Isn't Lincoln Gibraltar? City... Link, there's, there is, I'm pretty sure, a Lincoln in the UK, but I believe it is in Great Britain. So we are, okay, we're looking for the name of the island here or the name of the, the team? The city. The, the name city. of the city, which is also shared with the team. Whew. Also, it might be a, a such and such city. City is in quotes. So, you know, Manchester City. It might be a like right. Lincoln that's, that's City. That's referring to official city status, which is a thing. Like right. in America, we just call well, except in Virginia, they have official cities. But um, in America, we just call a place where there's lots of people a city. In England, city is actually an official status. I see. Okay. I mean, this has to be a pretty big city, and it's on an island in England. Yeah. I'm just. Oh. Uh, oh my God! I know. I can picture the. I feel like it starts with a B. Bristol? Like Bristol City, Barnsley. Bristol's a pretty big uh, city, I Barstow. think. Barstow. God, there was a club that recently, Bury? Bury City? Bury City it's was recently. FC Bury. Might be, well, like, Bury, but Bristol is like a, a fairly big city, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, but Bury, I, I know, so. there was there was like a Bury, was it Bury? There was a club that like was saved. Oh my God. I want to say it's Bury, but... I could be wrong. That's I know that they like had major financial issues. God, 2013 was so long ago. I feel like I just read about <laughs> this, but yeah, I don't. Bury would be my best answer, but I don't I know mean, if they're actually on an island. Maybe it doesn't have to be that big. Maybe there are not hugely populous islands besides Great Britain and Ireland. After that, you get to like the Isle of Man or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, maybe Bury. Maybe we're not actually looking for like a large city here. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. So if Palmer, if you're feeling good about Bury, I mean, I feel good about Bury. B U R Y, by the way, <laughs> just for the uh, spelling bee. How? What? What category does this fit into for Colin, though? Well, this is not a soccer ball. It's not a soccer <laughs> ball. Um, uh, like, there north, may be a hint there, right? The North, North, north. London, <laughs> or North. It could England. be Mer- Mersey Beat songs. Is it related to a song, maybe? <laughs> Places they make meat pies. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. Be I'm you. saying Bury. I yeah. feel like Bury is my... Do it. You're locking in Bury? Yeah. Yes, please. All right. Colin? I mean, that could be right. I have no idea, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was so ready for Colin to know this answer, and then just for me to try and put together, okay, what was Colin's weird trivia topics that led him to this answer? No. This is a geography question. How am I getting these geography questions? Um... 
I agree exactly what you were saying, Dan. I think that there are only two large islands in the British Isles, right? Great, like the one where everything is on, and there's some tiny islands up in Scotland, but there's nobody lives there. And there might be some islands off the south coast, and that's maybe where a team is. But if there was a team there, like Portsmouth or something like that, I feel like we would know that it was owned by Michael Eisner. Yeah. So it might be Portsmouth. I'm not going to guess Portsmouth, but it might be Portsmouth. That's, that's a decent guess. I'm going to guess Isle of Man. I'm going to guess Isle of Man FC or whatever. Because Isle of Man City. Isle of Man City. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> an Isle of Man. Yeah. I mean, that's another island that I know. Like, that's it. it. That's where I'm at with this. Yeah. Although there aren't any um, official cities there. I think the capital is called Douglas, but it's, I don't know, a town or whatever they, yeah, whatever right. comes below city. Yeah. The, it's a fun fact. Maybe not, doesn't come up a lot, but the third most populous island in the British Isles is called Port Sea Island. But not a lot of people know that because it's kind of like in the previous episode, I discussed Salset Island, another island. No one knows what it's called because the city on it is what it's referred to. The city on Port Sea Island is called Portsmouth. Oh, come on. I said it. You had it. You had it and you lost wow. it. Oh, boy. Oh, so, come is on. this 2013? I can't believe Eisner owns Portsmouth. That's crazy. That's yeah. wild. It's a, it's a Portsmouth's part of the South Coast Derby. Is this just an island that's in the mouth of the river? And that's it must be. Like, could be something like that, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. Mm. I should just guess Portsmouth. Talk myself out of that one. God damn it. Well, I mean, you guys had 16 straight questions without missing one, so that generally doesn't happen on this podcast. I mean, granted, this is special circumstances because it's a team episode, but still, that's pretty impressive. Also, we've been drinking more than your normal guests, which helps us. Yeah, speaking of which, are there bathroom breaks? Sure. I mean, mean, there's one more. Yeah. Let's finish the round. Okay, one more question in this round, and uh, we can take a break after that. I mean, usually Palmer doesn't even ask for bathrooms. Yeah, he just goes. Very good, uh, Listen, you're being very coy. Yeah. All right. Uh, this question, this is actually rewritten from something just three episodes ago, episode 26. But that, that question, and again, that hasn't been released, so none of the current players have heard it. That question actually had a factual error in it, so I've, re- I've rewritten it to remove the factual error. All right, but this is for Colin, Colin and Mike to steal from Dan and Ryan. Brandy Chastain's only foray into screen acting to date came in the 2019 season 6 premiere of What Sitcom, which sees one young character ushered into puberty by the sight of her ripping off her jersey top at the 1999 FIFA Women's World Cup. Although Chastain was mentioned by name several times in the episode, she did not actually play herself. Rather, she depicted Candy, the stepmother-in-law of Chelsea Crisp's character, Honey. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those, like, soccer-adjacent Adjacent, adjacent. Um, 2019, season six premiere of what sitcom? All right, so... Sitcoms. Season, six seasons in and 19. We don't know Mike, anything. About Mike's going to just try to list sitcoms like they're UC uh, campuses now. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bang I, Theory. I mean, yeah, like Modern Family? I don't know. No, they got to be more than season six. And that one's been around for a while. This was two years ago, Colin. Don't forget. Mm, fair, fair. Um, man, don't watch a lot of sitcoms. We've got Chelsea Bang Crisp. Theories. You got any? You got anything on Chelsea Crisp? No, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Honey, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know who that is either. either. But I thought I would say it. I'm reading the question after I didn't read a question and got abused for it. I'm reading the question. Okay, so um, I mean, well, we know this is a sitcom that has you know at least one child on it, someone going through puberty. So it's not like it. Friends, even though that is you know 
20 years too old. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's another sitcom we know. All right, I'm also going to rule out Seinfeld. I'll say it. It's, it's not Seinfeld. It's not uh, How I Met Your Mother. That might be in the time frame. It's probably a little wrong, but at least we're getting closer to being relevant here. But wait, no, this is a, we got to, we're thinking about this all wrong, buddy. We, it's, it's a 2019 right. sitcom where it's a flashback to 1999. Right. Because, so it's not a youth, it's not a young character in the episode. It's a character who is 29 years old or whatever, 32 years old. Okay. And is remembering 20 years ago when they were 12. Okay. Seeing Brandy Chastain. So it is a, it, it is a, a, a whatever, a, a you know, a bunch of adults in a sitcom. All right, so now is the part where you say the answer. <laughs> I don't even know if it counts as a sitcom, but my wife watches a show called Parenthood. It has a lot of characters in it. I feel like it's always like stepmothers, stepmother-in-laws situations. Actually, Modern Family is good for that, too, because there's always, there, they have, like, the Modern Families. That's the, that's the only nugget I'm bringing out of here is stepmother-in-law. Um, so I would go with Parenthood, honestly. Because I think there have been more than that many seasons of was it Modern Family, but that's sure. all I got. I'm putting my life in your hands. Parenthood. <laughs> Parenthood, yeah. I think that show ended a while ago. I, know that, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my wife watches it on Netflix, okay? That's all I got. Oh, my there God. There was, yeah, one, uh, one te- well, I mean, there was an att- uh, a show made from the film in, like, the late 80s, but I think the longer-lasting one, I think, debuted in the, like, around 2009 or so, 2000. Nine or so, I think. Um, yeah, and it, it ended a, a while ago. Wow. Dang. Thanks for nothing, uh, Colin. <laughs> I felt pretty good about that. That's pretty good. I tap it. Uh, they're not going to get this. Always, uh, always good to guess. Their category Dan, is Women's World Cup. Dan they're feels like he knows this. I think Dan knows this. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't know I it, mean, but our category is Women's World Cup. Well done, Colin. 50 bonus I, points so for Colin. <laughs> Colin's like, the way that Colin talked through this actually made me think about this. And... We're talking about a, a kid coming into puberty in 99, but this this sitcom looks back. So I'm thinking, like, 99, our age. So it would have been, we would be, a sitcom that's looking backwards would be, like, the Big Bang Theory. I'm thinking young Sheldon, which I feel like that kid is way too young to be <laughs> doing puberty. Is that that's the verb, right? Do, yeah, experiencing. Yeah, doing, yeah you teach, Spoke, you teach spoken like a high school teacher. teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys doing any puberty Whoa, these days chin, or what? Chilla, chin, chilla. Uh, um, this podcast is going out to a lot more people, Mike. We can't be. Wait, so are you saying that you like the guess of Young Sheldon, or you don't like the guess of Young Sheldon? I don't know. I don't know. What about that's the only? Wait, there's a TV show called Young Sheldon. Yeah, dog. It oh. could be six six seasons in. I don't know. I feel or, like I've, I've eight, been watching no. football. I'm six seasons behind on my TV. No, more, what about, more than that. Um, like the new girl? Does that have a character named Honey? <clears throat> oh, that's a good shout. Honey, yeah. Or, uh, man. Do you know who Chelsea know. Crisp is? Actually, you're like a nope. person who knows celebrities. I've never heard of the name Chelsea Crisp. I feel like that's uh, Coco Crisp's uh, sister. Famed. Wagatha Christie. Famed Agatha Christie. Cleveland Indians outfielder Coco Crisp. I really, I, the new girl may be just as far off as like Modern Family is in terms of timeline, and maybe it, yeah. it was like, you know, the final season said aired for sure by ni- 2019. I don't Honey. know, but that's the Her only thing. Her name is called Honey? Uh, no, Chastain played the oh, stepmother in law of Honey. Oh, yeah. Shit. No, I mean, w- what's like a fairly recent sitcom? 
2015. I think everything that we've named so far has debuted much earlier than there's 2000. Like, there's another, like, young-ish, but he's, like, a young doctor. I don't, it would have to be someone older looking back on, like, our age. The Drew Carey show. Uh, <laughs> nope. Um, I Dream of Genie. This isn't helping. Good. It's not uh, meant to help. <laughs> it's, it's prob- probably also not hurting. Um, God, I mean, How I Met Your Mother has ended, right? Um, yeah, that's been around way too long. I mean, that's... Yeah. Season six in 2019 means it debuted 2013-ish. God, uh, you would, like, have to... Dan, I, where was have this to math on the something soccer other ball than, question? This was... Debut how two. is this not part of the Bravo question? I thought that we... Bravo was going to be Bravo episode, the, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I got... I don't know. I, let's say something to move be- on. My best guess is young Sheldon. Lock it in. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is that is kind of the right law. Yeah, I think um, thinking about flashbacks might have misled you because the other way is a sitcom that's just set in the past. So the characters would yeah, be that. going through 1999, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you're, you're kind of, you're on the, the right idea, wrong network. Yeah, the one that's been big on the kind of the domestic family sitcoms is ABC, which has, you know, Modern Family. It, it has the Goldberg set in the 80s, but the show oh. that's, uh, that's set in the 90s that is, airs on ABC. Is it blackish? Not blackish. It's uh. another one where the majority of characters are non-Caucasian. Chelsea Crisp plays a supporting character who is Caucasian, but the majority are East Asian. The show is called Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, Fresh Off the Boat. That's right. Ah, dang it. All right, bathroom break. <laughs> Colin, is one of your uh, is one of your categories like apparel, kits, fashion, fashion, or kits? Maybe I maybe I did. Kits. Your passion is fashion. I respect that. Look at me. You know that. Me too. Jill just asked me if if Colin is losing. And what'd you say? I couldn't answer. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to lie to her. You were like you were like my math's not good enough to figure that out, sweetheart. <laughs> I don't know, something with tetrahedrons. And <laughs> <laughs> According to Euler, we're all roughly tied. Okay, yeah. I have the score right now. Mike, 24.4. Colin, 28.1. Dan and Ryan, 21.1, which is essentially tied. Um, Take that, Jill. Take that, Jill. <laughs> so we go now into the super hard round, the final round of oh the boy. game. The questions will work. Oh, God. Six points as a steal, five points as a specialist. And we will begin with... Colin, Dan, and Ryan trying to steal from Mike. Please, no jokes about super hard. I actually brief, when I was naming the podcast, I briefly considered the name, because it grew out of my super hard quizzes on Facebook, and I briefly considered the name Super Hard Podcast. And then I. It's not the demographic you're looking for, I think. Yeah, no, no, no. Mike get a lot of like one off downloads, not a lot of subscribers. Yeah. All right, uh, Colin, Dan, and Ryan. Though largely borrowed from George Friedrich Handel's coronation anthem, Zadok the Priest, the anthem of UEFA Champions League is officially credited to which contemporary composer? Also a filmmaker, this man directed a 2013 documentary subtitled Peace and Conflict about the much, much more famous British composer who shares his surname, although they are apparently not related. The Champions! The Champions! <laughs> we know the song. We this know is, the song. Uh, this does feel like it's going to be a super hard round based on this first question. Yeah. My <laughs> yeah. goodness. Famous British composers. Let me count all the ones of those I know. Yep, we got them all. Zero. Also, directors of documentaries. Yep, thanks for helping, guy who's not on my team. Really appreciate that. Um, wait. Wait, are, no, are you on my team right now? I am right now. We I'm are. Here. We're yeah. 
Call, call in Dan Why don't and you do this by yourself no, then? Yeah, I'm not, this is not a slalom goal. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing here, guys. What do you want? I don't Peace, know. Werner so Herzog? <laughs> not English. Sp- shares his surname, although they are apparently not related. So we, this is a great chance for us to guess a popular surname. Because not only are we just guessing shots in the dark, take a popular surname, but also it's someone else's. Yeah. Can we, <sighs> let's let's take a moment to try to work this out. Right. Fine, yeah. Um, Zodak the Priest I had no, I did not know that that was kind of the inspiration for the UEFA Champions League. Peace and Conflict is about a more famous composer. Peace and Conflict, like, is that an allusion to war and peace or something like that? Yeah, but that's a Russian. Much, much more famous British composer. Also a filmmaker, this man directed. So this is a composer who's in the film who's not British. Might be British. Might be British, but made it about a British guy. So. What's the name of the guy who who's like super famous? Does super famous film scores? I don't know. Yeah, People the on famous guy. This oh. isn't there a guy. I, I um, for some reason I want to say that like again film TV stuff. Like I'm I'm a zero. I got I got nothing. But I feel like there is a Williams who is a famous compo- like film score guy. Sure, Williams. Is that good. feels good. I'm I, gonna- the typical audience for recreational thinking right now is, is dying. Is just dying. 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 Yeah, that's right. These that's idiots. Right. Yeah, these yeah. idiots. He's they, so dumb. Oh, great! They know about Iker Casillas. Congratulations! <laughs> it's, yeah, they sang the, the song. Good for you. You don't know who? What, any the, composers? The answer is on the tin. You literally idiots. not a not a single it's contemporary there. composer that you can name. Nope, that's correct. Nope. Williams. I like Williams. I think that's yeah. Let's do it. All right. I mean, there is a famous film composer named Williams. There's actually a fairly famous British composer. Actually, his surname is Vaughn Williams, but it's some, I, I can see someone thinking it's Williams. Basically, but, I, that's me. I'm that person. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that, so, you know, that's not a bad guess, but it is not correct. I'll pass this to Mike. Man, even though I was... Mike, you better get even this. Though I Category was trivia, the champion. A, a part of me wanted you guys to get that, so my, you know, equal, if not worse, knowledge of contemporary composers would not be exposed <laughs> to the listeners. But unfortunately, you guys didn't get it right, so here I am. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's a lot of composers, well, maybe not a lot of composers, but at least a decent amount of people who do film scores are, like, folks who start in bands and then decide they want to do films. And this person also is a documentary filmmaker. At least they made one. So, you know, maybe they also composed the score for this. Maybe this person was in a band. I don't know, guys. Uh, <laughs> Bono. I don't know. Yeah. Bono. Um, I know the, the dude who's a frontman for Nine Inch Nails, who I don't know if they're British or not. His first name is Trent I don't know his last name. That is my guess. Reznor. There's no way Reznor. Trent... If Trent Reznor composed a song, we would know that. <laughs> if no, Werner Herzog... He guys, we've just the proved that we would not know who composed a song, even if it was freaking Trent we, Reznor. I, wait, we would. I want the answer... I really want the answer to be Trent Reznor. <laughs> I want the answer <laughs> to be Mariah Carey. <laughs> and Noel David Gallagher. Fincher also directs all of the UEFA pregame shows. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I mean, what? So, so yeah. Typically, I mean, and this actually happened, I think, a few episodes ago. And I asked about a 20th century British composer. They basically, you know, the the people who typically come on this podcast will know kind of the big three names from the 20th century British composer: Elgar, Vaughan Williams, and Britton. The answer to that question actually was Holst, which got him. Doesn't yeah, which uh, <laughs> a lot of people forget is English because his name completely doesn't sound English at all. But uh, you know, I, I did want to kind of you know slant things. In this case, since it is a bit more highbrow toward people who might know those big three names, um, and yeah, so it it wasn't Vaughn Williams as I already established. And actually, I mean, there is a really famous documentary about Elgar, which I've talked about, I think, before on this podcast, made in the '60s, which I really like. And Peace and Conflict could be a good title for it, but this 2013 documentary is actually about Benjamin Britten, and it's by Tony Britten. There you go. We know who got it. I don't know who those people Man. are. I'll put them on my Wikipedia <laughs> list, though. <laughs> We'll get to him. <laughs> this is super hard. <laughs> Trent Reznor. <laughs> I'm dumb, but come on. Guys, I mean, what was your backup answer other than Williams, which was my answer also? I, I just love that, like, as soon as you started walking through that, the answer to the question, I was like, he's going to guess Trent Reznor. <laughs> if this is the right answer. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, Mike, Dan, and Ryan, to steal from Colin. Controlled by the Agnelli family and currently run by John Elkan, what gigantic holding company incorporated in the Netherlands owns an almost two-thirds stake in Turin's Juventus FC? Ooh, owners of Juventus? Mm. Yeah. Um, that are... I feel like this is one that, when we hear the name, we will probably have heard of them. Juventus shirt sponsor was always Perini, right? You thinking of Pirelli, the tire company? Pire- Pirelli, that's right. Pirelli. Yeah. Is that? That was Inner's sponsor. Okay, dead end. Let's cut <laughs> that one off. Okay, and holding companies. Palmer, you know about holding companies, right? <sighs> Only MLS ones. <laughs> uh, Agnelli, Italian. Alcan, probably not Italian. Probably Dutch. I feel like incorporated in the Netherlands. I feel like Fiat. Is coming to mind here. Oh, is that right? Probably wow. not. But Fiat sure. is an Italian company. It's uh, a better guess than Trent Reznor. <laughs> well, we're, we'll find that out. Actually, I mean, maybe it's not. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like big Italian companies because I mean, Angeli sounds like an Italian name, which even though it's incorporated in the Netherlands, it's probably just there for tax purposes. So it's not like right. a Dutch company, probably. I don't know, like. Just all Italian, like Lamborghini, but I don't know. I feel like I I more but associate like, take Fiat. Fiat with with I don't know soccer. And I like Fiat. Like Fiat might own Lamborghini, right? I don't sure. think Lamborghini is a holding company. It, it feels like Fiat has subsidiaries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. None of, none of these words mean sense to me. So our <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about sense. it after the pod, Palmer. All right, please. Lock Fiat. it in, Mike. Fiat, let's do it. All right, I'll, I'll have a little more to say about that after the question, but uh, for now, I'll just pass it to Colin. <laughs> sounds like we might get a bonus point or two. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like Lamborghini owns Fiat. Really messed that up. <laughs> that was good thinking. I have nothing to say here. I don't know the answer to this. Gigantic holding company. Collins? Makes, does does make you feel like we should know the name of it. What is a holding company? I don't even know what that means. Like um, Warren Buffett uh, has companies called Berkshire. Berkshire Hathaway. 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 Berkshire Hathaway, Hathaway yeah. Okay. Like they hold shares in other companies. They might hold whole companies, blah, blah, blah. But you don't really know the name of the company. They're not putting Berkshire Hathaway on anything that they sell, right? They own other brands. These are the, these are the guys that are shorting GameStop right now, right? 
That's that's what this is. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but we'll, I don't. Know. We'll, we'll let you. We'll let it slide. I feel like there. So my first guess was going to be when I saw this immediately. I was like, big company in Netherlands, and then uh, I thought of sponsors that I've seen. You know, Dutch sponsors, and on cycling jerseys, it always used to be Rabobank. That's a big Dutch company, a big bank. But then, again, the holding company thing, that didn't make sense. They're Wait, a bank. The, the company's called Rabobank? Rabo. R-A-B-O. <laughs> Rabobank. Yeah, R-O-B-A. Ro- Robo, yeah. Um, so I don't actually think it's that. I think Fiat's a, a nice guess, but also they sell Fiat's, right? That's not really a holding company. Uh, never, oh, man. I really, I, honestly, I don't, I, have, I don't have a good answer here. I feel like... A good example of a holding company, too, is these conglomerates that are old liquor. Like, liquor brands are very diversified, but yeah. uh, there's, like, three companies that own liquor. And one of them is <clears throat> Diego. Diego. I'm not going to... That one, I probably shouldn't even guess because I won't pronounce it correctly enough to get the points even if I get, <laughs> get it Get those consonants in the right spots. <laughs> yeah, get the consonants in the right spots. So that's that's a good guess. But because that's... Ah, oh, shit. I'm going to guess InBev because okay. that's yeah, another that one a, of those. That is a yeah, giant company formed by lots of different mergers. Um, I think yeah. Diageo was probably the one you were thinking of. That is, yeah. I think they just bought that um, aviation gin from, I think, from Ryan Reynolds, actually. Uh, he might have talked about Ryan Reynolds back in. <laughs> we should have had some Ryan Reynolds sitcoms in the sitcom portion of this. <laughs> yeah, the two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Turin is absolutely the home of Fiat. That's actually what the T in FIAT stands for. It's an uh, acronym. And yeah, the, the Agnelli family is absolutely famous for owning FIAT. And yeah, and, and as uh, Mike said, that the incorporation in the Netherlands, I'm fairly certain, is entirely for tax purposes. It has no real connection there. Yeah, so, wow. but um, well FIAT, I th- a few years ago, merged with Chrysler to make uh, FCA, FIAT Chrysler. And they merged very recently with Group. The group that owns Peugeot and the combined company was called Stellantis. But you have to go even further up in the hierarchy to, to who owns the shares in Stellantis. Their their holding company is called Exor, E-X-O-R. All right. Wow. So that was the correct answer, E-X-O-R. Yes. I take back what I said about I will recognize this when it is said because <laughs> there you no, go. No, it's you the won't. shadowy, shadowy company controlled by billionaires. Don't worry there about it, go. folks. Keep buying your fiats. <laughs> the level up is just called FIFA. <laughs> All right. Colin and Mike now to steal from Dan and Ryan. Two of my favorite writer-performers, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton, are justly celebrated for co-creating and starring in The League of Gentlemen, Psychoville, and Inside Number 9. Something they would probably prefer to leave off of their CVs, though, is that they voiced Nick and Kaz in a cheaply made CGI animated series created to accompany the 2002 FIFA World Cup. What kind of made-up creatures are Nick and Kaz? 2002 World Cup creatures. Okay, so... So... By the way... This means that Palmer and Dan's other category was like TV or something, soccer soccer movies. Wrong. <laughs> That's negative bonus points. Um, Those anyway. are worth the same amount as the uh, positive bonus points. It turns out. <laughs> <laughs> 2002 World Cup creatures. 2002 World Cup was in Korea, Japan, right? Yep. Yep. So, Our other category was Korean Peninsula soccer. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> Common category on the show, probably. I, what were the What were the mascots of the 2002 World Cup. Well, okay, can we ask a clarifying question? What's, what's the rules on that? So, so yeah, you're going to ask. I, I mean, I don't necessarily have to answer, but you can ask. So, are these made-up creatures, 
are they based off of real creatures, or is this like a Snorlax and a... Nick and Kaz are proper names of the creatures. I'm asking for, like, the type of creature, and I said made up because it's not a real kind of animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Type of creatures were not So it's real. not a real kind of animal, so something like a dragon would be... Okay, Colin. See you. See you over not there. as dumb as I look. Making up things? Yep, making up stuff. It's finally paying uh, off. So there's also this whole, man, this is... This is probably something I learned from another podcast. But, you know, Japan has this whole thing about, like, creatures that have, what are they like? Creatures that embody spirits and, like, everything has a creature that represents it. And that's why there's so many mascots in Japan is, like, because they're, like, creatures for everything, basically. Like, I'm not explaining this concept very well, but, like, if you... No, that's true. if If you stub your toe, that's, like, you can blame that on, like, the stub your toe monster or whatever. And then there's, like, a monster for that. And there's a monster for this and a monster for that. And it's like this whole like genre of monsters. And, and they're, you know, then businesses adopt one that has to do something with their business, right? And then you see the guy in the costume for that on the, on the corner. So it could also be those. Whatever those are called, that genre, which I cannot remember the name of, could be this type of creature, right? They could be the soccer creatures of this because that's a Japanese cultural thing. Okay. So, so what's but I'm not gonna. Yeah, I explained that, and you did not like a light bulb did not go off for you, being like, ah, yes. No. I mean, it, it kind of sounds like maybe the most like Americanized or Anglicized concept is like fairies or something. Yeah, kind of like fairies. Kind of yeah, but but they're like not like little flitting things on on wings. They're like sure. they could be. They're more like monsters from a kid's story or whatever. They could have big teeth, or they could have three are heads. They, or are they always evil? No, no, they can be, like, funny and fun and whatever. Depends on what the, like, yeah. The, the, re- the reason the door squeaks is, like, this squeaky monster. Like, that would be, like, a little mouse monster or something like that, right? I'm, I'm not going to come up with the name with it, of it, so we should probably just guess dragons. <laughs> <laughs> but now maybe Dan or Ryan will, because since I've explained this concept so well. I, I don't think Ryan will. Maybe Dan. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Ooh, Ryan's been to Japan. He has. He has. He has. <laughs> All right. So are we locking Shout in dragons? ourselves in the- yeah, are we locked in dragons? dragons? Yeah, whatever. whatever. All right, you locked in. You locked in dragons. All right, Dan mm-hmm. and Ryan. Uh, Ryan, this is for Dan? you. I got nothing. I, oh, because I've been to Japan. Uh huh. I so Colin, what you were talking about the the way that I describe it in less words is I would say like the patron saint of yeah. stubbing your toe. Or for example, I've been to Nara, and the the deer oh, is kind of like the Nara patron saint. Yeah. Well, you could and have like a patron saint so of the whole there's city. There's deer like walking, or yeah. just like so, on the squeaky but I have, door. Yeah, so I, you know, patron saint is what, but I don't <laughs> think that that's <laughs> that's not the uh, Japanese word for it. No, my immediate thought would be some sort of mascot. I like this idea of well, dragon doesn't really make sense since it's Japanese. I don't, I don't know. I would say I don't know a deer and. Um, uh, I don't know, Dan. Give me another Japanese panda. Nope, that's China. Um, I mean, I have no idea here. I've got a, nothing. A deer and a and a, a salmon. <laughs> Those are both those real famous, creatures. They're not made up. Oh, read the question. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's fair. The salmon that I catch are all made up, so <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. Well played. I've I've no clue. 
We might as well say something. What's a made-up creature? Ghosts. Uh, a dragon. A dragon and a. It's just one kind uh, of creature. Yeah, we already course. say dragon. And, and, they're they're like, both the same kind of creature. You just need one answer. Oh. He's like, please, just give me an answer. You're not gonna get it right. Just give me an answer. Ghosts. I have no idea. They're ghosts. Ghosts. Okay, sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. I use made up instead of like legendary or mythical to kind of steer away from things like dragons that have like an established mythology. Because I mean, yeah. Whoever said we're looking for mascots? Yes. I mean, these were two of the three mascots created for the 2002 FIFA World Cup. I didn't go too far down the rabbit hole, but it sounds like FIFA just tries to create a mythology around its mascots. And in 2002, it called Nick and Kaz, I guess based on the geometry of the soccer ball, it called them Spherix. And huh. that was also the name of that TV series, which I found on YouTube and didn't actually watch because it looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, I feel like no, you should have gotten this one. Yeah, it's in my eyes, Spheres. It's, a, it's definitely time. a soccer ball question. Yeah. Anyone who is interested can find episodes of Spirits on YouTube. <laughs> I certainly would not recommend them. <laughs> All right. Uh, they are. Back. I was trying to like imagine the 2002 mascots, and nothing. Every single four years, they're exactly the same. They're some kind of like. Blah. Mostly soft lines. They they make good plush dolls. That's I, all that I, happens I was every four say, years. I have a 1998 France. Uh, so do I. Plush in my house yep. somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Just commercial things created to be exploited commercially. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, me and Dan bought it. Got it. <laughs> You've been exploited. Good job. Yeah. All right. So these scores are exactly the same as they were before <laughs> this cycle. <laughs> they will remain. They got harder. There. All right, Colin, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Mike. Audi Field, the current home of DC United, is located in what Washington, D.C. neighborhood, located at the confluence of the Potomac and Anacostia Rivers. Although it has been known by many monikers throughout history, its present name is documented as early as the 17th century and likely derives from a bird also known as the turkey vulture or carrion crow. Guys, Mike is 100% going to get this. Yeah. We we need to get this. Palmer, give us the bird. Turkey vulture, carrion crow. What are we talking about? Paul, if you don't get this, your dad's going to be ashamed of you. I know. I love a... Well, these aren't raptors, so I'm not a big fan of (laughs) non-raptor birds. Super producer Cliff and I got rear-ended by the University of Minnesota raptor van in about 2003. (laughs) Not great. Not great. Don't get rear-ended by raptor vans. Were there lots of birds in the uh, van? Buzzard. Buzzard. Buzzard Bay. Buzzard Buzzard Bay. There you go. Buzzard. That's that's what it is. I don't know if it's exactly Buzzard Bay. Or buzzard corners, buzzard, buzzard point, buzzard, buzzard point, buzzard Ooh. circle, buzzard point is buzzard nice. point, buzzard probably circle, not buzzard bay. That's it's a confluence. Buzzard, it's the confluence buzzard town. Give, yeah, give us, give me more about this. Buzzard point is is more of a confluence than confluence than buzzard of bay. Potomac and Anacostia rivers. That's that's where rivers come together at a point. You think they do? Yeah, that's true. Buzzard point. Let's go for it. You thought I was just telling a dumb story <laughs> for no reason. I was telling a dumb story to give head, Colin. I was, I was letting Somehow, turkey Colin. Vulture, buzzard something. I was just wasting time. Yep. All right. So what are you locking in? Buzzard point. Buzzard point, right. sir. Yeah. I just realized I used the word located twice in the question, which as a perfectionist, I really, that's going to bug me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mike, is it buzzard point? It is buzzard point. Very yes. good. Yes. Way to go, that, team. Mike, take that. We got geography of D.C. Right. Take that. I have nothing now. 
That sends uh, <laughs> Team PDX into second place ahead of Mike, with Colin still in the lead. Which is hilarious, because Mike is really the one looking the best on this podcast yeah, right now. Yeah. Mike is just killing it. <laughs> that is surprisingly common for the person, you know, yeah, when, whenever, you know, Victoria Gross is maybe the best female quizzer in the country, maybe the world, and yeah, she's definitely um, lost twice on my podcast, and each time comes off looking the best in terms of knowledge. Um, so yeah, me, and, me and Victoria, we can set our own podcast. It's it's the vest that Mike is wearing right now. Core is feeling very very warm. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's the points are, are, you know, there to have fun, but it is, you know, to also to show off knowledge. So there's mm. multiple ways of looking good. Yeah. All right. Like uh, Ma- Mac, Diane, and Ryan to steal from Colin. Ricardinho, Daniel Roosboom de Vries, John Farnsworth, Ash Randall, and Sufian Tuzani are all apparently famous enough to merit their own Wikipedia article. Like each of those people has a separate Wikipedia article devoted to them. For what type of activity are they best known? I want to say... Um, oh, go ahead, Dan. No, Mike, you're the one that is on Wikipedia. Mike's category, special category, was just Wikipedia. <laughs> Wait, yeah, we should think about Colin's categories here. So they are fashion, ball, and... Fill in the blank. Something on... In Music? England. English Premier League, English? weird English teams. English teams, maybe? I was going to say something like World Cup of Beach Soccer or something like that. But I don't think that fits in any category that we've discussed yet. Yeah. I was going to say, and now I'm blanking on the name. What's the little indoor soccer Brazilians play a lot? Futsal. 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 That was what I was going to say. So I think there, there may be a FIFA-sanctioned event for that also. Yeah, there definitely is. There's, there's <clears throat> beach soccer. Is, there's a FIFA-sanctioned beach soccer. I don't know if there's futsal. I think there's futsal. But I don't there's think... There's got to be futsal. I don't think either of those fit into any other categories that we may have already discussed, right? So I'm not sure they're good guesses. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I don't know. It could be fashion, but it feels kind of, did, the way the question's the, worded ha- doesn't feel like it's a fat. Like, there would be some allusion to fashion, I would think. Have all of these people designed kits? That doesn't sound, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. There, yeah, I mean, like, this question hasn't really given us a lot. It's like, do you know who these people are? Also, they're on Wikipedia. I don't... Yeah. 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 They're, but they're, like, very varied, right? So, Ricardinho yeah. sounds Brazilian. DeVries sounds right. Netherlands. Farnworth, yep. English. Ash Randall, probably English. Sufjan Tuzan. French, maybe. Or Italian. So, it's not like... I mean, it's diversified, right? I'm not sure how that helps, but... Yeah. I still think, like, futsal or beat soccer is... I don't know. What type of activity, though? Not just what activity. Well, yeah. Uh, Unless we want to th- say that they're designers of soccer balls. Soccer balls. <laughs> that was my other thing that I was... <clears throat> or soccer I shoes. I mean, it could be. Soccer shoes is good. I just feel like what what the, kind of person is named no, Ricardinho? Like it's like an athlete. There's not any designers who are like, yo, check out Ricardinho. It's just like, I don't know. Unless you That's, only design soccer shoes, in which case maybe you're like, I'm in this world. Maybe. Yeah, that's, yeah, but like, that's... <sighs> I think we're not going to get there. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I'm curious if Colin can get there. I would, I like the, I like futsal players. I like futsal. Okay. Let's do it. Lock it in. All right, locked in futsal. Very good guess, but not correct. Palmer. Colin. 
Daz, I like futsal too. That was a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I do think that, oh man, I, I do think that it is interesting that they are from all around the world. Like that has to be something. And that makes me think it's not beach soccer. And that makes me think it's something related to the game, but not playing the game. For what type of activity are they best known? That is like, I don't know, one of you said something about that, but like that is, that is the telling part of, to me of this question. I will say, what type of activity are they best known? I have an answer that I want it to be. It's definitely not right, but it would be amazing <laughs> if it was right. I mean, I'm going to say designing soccer shoes. You, you, get, you went there. I'll say that one. I want it All to right. be groundskeepers. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. That would be yeah. amazing. It didn't even occur to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, because like I said, I was, you know, guided by Colin's cat. So trying to triangulate based on his category was a good approach. What, what he said, you know, what you said, Colin, about something related to the game, but not quite playing the game, that exactly was the right path to go down. You, you maybe should have thought a bit more about your category. I think this is the final round. I can reveal one of your categories. Well, you already revealed. It was the soccer ball. Yeah. Right. Basically, again, thinking, what do people do with a soccer ball that's not exactly playing a game? Oh, they're like they're like a juggler, like oh, um, street soccer. Street, oh. like they, they juggle the yeah. ball in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the official name is freestyle football or freestyle yeah. soccer. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a brilliant that's question. Good. That's, that's a good. brilliant question. That's good. Yeah, I would have accepted juggling. Yeah. Uh, Colin should have got that's that one, buddy. Good. <laughs> I know. I've been on YouTube watching a lot of Daniel Ruth Bloom DeVries lately, so I should have gotten it. And Mike's still walking away with looking the best, too, so that's good. How does he do it? That's, Who that, is his publicist? It's easy to look the best when it's an audio format, let me tell you. <laughs> that might be the title of the episode. <laughs> All right, Colin and, okay, four questions remaining. Colin and Mike now to steal from Dan and Ryan. There are two players who have finished in the semifinals or higher of the FIFA Women's World Cup five separate times. Both are American. Actually, well, I had some more information, but this is a super hard round. I'll just stop there. Um, (laughs) Both are American, name either. There are two players who have finished in the semifinal or higher of the FIFA Women's World Cup five separate times. times. Both are American. So basically, who are Americans who have played in the most World Cups in all likelihood? Yep. Yeah, I mean, that would be our, that's the only way we're going to get there. Yeah, so Americans with long careers. Abby Wambach. So uh, to, be in, to be in five separate World Cups, that's a 16-year period to be on the national team. Okay. For some reason, Tiffany Milbert comes to mind. That's her last name? You sure you got that last name right? No, I'm not sure. I know there's ten, a Tiffany ten. M who who is who is I know who you're talking about and has like three hundred caps, but I Milbert? How did you oh, say Oh, uh Christine Lilly. She was around Christine for a long Lilly time. Lilly is a good one. I'm writing these down. Lilly, Wambach. Right. Me and was around for a long time. No, Ground Scurry wasn't around for that long. Alright, I'm not writing Scurry down. Acres? Yeah, I think Acres though, like she because the first World Cup was in not it was in ninety one and I think she She's was you know in her prime young. at yeah that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. We have to find someone who was like young in ninety one or later. Yeah. I think Lily's a good one. Yeah, I like that one too. And maybe if maybe we would know it more if it was Wambach. Wambach was the right answer. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with Lily. I mean uh, the other one would 
Carly Lloyd wouldn't have gotten this, you don't think, this last time around? I feel like, so she's, you know, I think she's in like her kind of young 30s. So 16 years ago, that would have meant that she would have to have been on the national team when she was like 16 or 17, I think. That just feels like pretty tall order. All right, let's go with Lily, yeah. You're locking in Lily? Yeah. Yeah, that is one of the two, correct. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I think it would probably be on. Uh, sometimes, a lot of times, I'll I'll throw the other one to the other side for a bonus. It, it'd probably be unfair to include a bonus now since there haven't been any in the rest <laughs> of the game. <laughs> but um, if you want to just guess for uh, for fun, if you want to see if you can guess the other one, is it Milbrett, not Milbert, uh, or Rampone well, is the other name I came up with. Yeah, I, I don't know the the woman's surname, so I couldn't tell you that. But the yeah. other correct answer is. Christy Rampone. Okay. There you go. Well done, Dan. Way to go, Dan. Thank you. We get zero points for that one, though. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's not negative. But now you're looking a lot better. Yeah, so going into the uh, (laughs) the final cycle of the um, final cycle, each of you will get one specialist question and two chances to steal, and Colin is leading by about ten points, give or take a few decimal points. Wow. Sorry, guys. He's, he's go, the last, thing, easy, the last thing we need is for Colin to win. Uh, you're just saying that because of uh, Jill. I have to. <laughs> you guys should have had more whiskey before this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Colin's fairly well positioned, although theoretically I think he can be overtaken, but certainly second place is up for grabs. Uh, Story of my life. And- <laughs> <laughs> Colin, Dan, and Ryan to steal from Mike. So in May 2016, I published on my blog a list called My Top 50 One-Off Guest Performances in a TV Series. Number one on that list was Robert Carlyle for To Be a Somebody, a three-part 1994 episode of the British detective series Cracker. In that episode, Carlyle gives an absolutely terrifying performance as Albie Stroller, a fan of Liverpool FC who snaps and becomes obsessed with killing exactly what number of people. And I will give you a margin of error of plus or minus two. Oh. Is it too? Is it too morbid? To, this is so to be morbid. 96? Is it ninety six? That's pretty rough. If yeah, that's right. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what we're gonna have so, to guess. Let's explain so, that to the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Colin. This is for you. At a Liverpool game at Hillsborough, which is in Sheffield, England, in nineteen eighty something, there was a fan crush where you know there are fences separating the stands from the field and it's all standing environments and fans you know there's mismanaged crowd control and basically people were crushed to death in the stands in like a crush of people i don't know what else, how a better way to explain that too many people in a small space it's like a stampede up against the up fence against at the, fence. the front yeah. of the and section people, yeah. people you just break your ribs and, and and suffocate and 96 people lost their lives and it's like a very for the city of Liverpool. Subsequently, it's like a very it was subsequently covered up by yeah, yep, the yep. city of Hillsborough. Yeah, blamed on hooliganism. Yep. so on and so forth. Yep. And uh, but ninety six people died. Ninety six people died in so. a big campaign in Liverpool for justice for the ninety six for those people to be not seen as rule breakers who deserve got what they right. deserved, but rather people who right. were whose lives were lost as you know because of police mismanagement of a crowd situation so that's morbid as fuck yeah i mean he's really? a terrifying that's, performance i mean like yeah that's this, yeah this that's is fucked kind up. of terrifying oh, shit geez that's a lot of f's this is gonna have to go under explicit yeah. i'm sorry yogesh but um i mean so there's that the other, could, other answer, i mean 11 is another answer i mean well, soccer the, number related of, and, the number of 
top flight championships that uh, was it like 19? 19 yeah that Liverpool had and then Man United knocked them off their perch right by winning a 20th god 96 is just so that's I mean is I think we should guess 96 I, I would say it's 96 it's published in 2016 oh no sorry 1994 that, episode. 1994 episode. Yeah, that makes sense. Ferguson made the quote yet about knocking them off their perch about 19 championships. I don't think so. It's it's got to be 96. Let's go with 96. That 90, number 96 was even more relevant then. Yeah. 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 So okay. A, okay. Yeah. So I mean, this would be, be a very hard question for non-soccer specialists. Obviously, you know, for those of you familiar with the game, it's clearly very iconic. The reason I gave a margin of error plus or minus two was in 1989 when the disaster happened, there were 94 fatalities. The last two were basically taken off of life support in the years since then. Mm. Right. So it wasn't until 1993 the official death toll was at 96. But yeah, and that is the, the iconic number. And yeah, you know, I think the, um, obviously very well known to soccer fans, but I thought, you know, bringing in the TV angle might introduce another angle to look at because that is absolutely, it's a very difficult, extremely difficult episode to watch. One of the most difficult episodes of TV to watch, you know, to sit through. Yeah, uh, woof. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we, <laughs> we it, we're not a normal soccer fans on this question either because for your listeners, my favorite soccer team is Everton FC and they're based in Liverpool. And the four of us went on vacation as a group in 2012 to Liverpool, England, went to Everton. Mike and I went to Anfield, which is Liverpool FC's ground. So like we're maybe another, I've been to Hillsborough, like we're, we're another level of more intimately familiar with that part of soccer fandom. That, that one just set up beautifully for us. You know, yeah, that happens. And, you know, one of the functions of this podcast is to let people talk about things that they are passionate about and that they know a lot about. So, yeah, that, that worked out. This is Future Yogish with a sad coda. Between the taping of this episode and its release, another victim of the Hillsborough disaster passed away, and so the death toll was adjusted to 97. All right. That was uh, Colin and Dan, Ryan. All right. The penultimate question... And this is another one that I think would be very challenging for non-football fans, especially those who aren't focused on the British football scene. Maybe it might be a little easy uh, for those who are do specialize in the UK football, but we'll see. Uh, Mike, Dan, and Ryan to steal from Colin now. Old Tollbooth Prison was the site of the 1736 Porteous Riots, in which a mob stormed the prison and lynched John Porteous, a captain of the city guard who had caused multiple deaths by ordering his men to fire into a crowd of civilians during a mass protest. These events form the backdrop of a historical fiction novel that was published in 1818, right around the time Old Tollbooth was torn down and a brick mosaic, now a popular tourist attraction, was laid down on its former site. An image of that mosaic appears on the jerseys, of which football club? That's a great oh. question. So a mosaic on either as a iconic jersey motif or maybe as the part of a crest. Yeah. Brick. Oh, who has bricks? I mean, the Hammers, West Ham. West Ham? I think they have like a castle type thing on their crest. Um, City Guard is that a London thing specifically? Wait, are we are we are we looking in the wrong country? I'm thinking famous prison attraction in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know of a lot right? of soccer teams in the U.S. that were around. Well, well Bethlehem United, which was Bethlehem Steel. Bethlehem Steel, right? That was, was that was like a team, like a company team. I don't. 
Don't they just have like steel stuff on their jerseys? Or just like the company logo? I, I mean, I, I don't know. Just throwing it out there. There's no bad ideas in brainstorming, guys. Chill. <laughs> Everyone chill. Um, all right, so we're back in England then. I mean, also, feels- didn't, didn't Yogurt say in the beginning of the round, maybe it was about the last one, that like this was about British or English soccer? Maybe that was the, the last one he was talking about. Oh, that's true. Collins, yeah. Colin, quit smiling over there. Uh, you know the answer. Is the City Guard, is that a London-specific, like, thing? Are we looking for a London-based club? I don't know. Seems possible. I mean, can you think of any other... Is it fucking Everton? God, I'm sorry, Yogesh. I'm, <laughs> the, the language is terrible. Ever, so there's a... What's the... There's a tower, um, but that's not a... A tower on Everton? It's not a prison tower, is it? So the other... The only other wall that I can think of is... I mean, West Ham has a wall on theirs, right? Can you think of... I just know it's got the hammers on it. I, I they're, might have... Their crest, I think, is I mean, like hammers and then like kind of a little castle-type wall thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we keep coming back to it. I don't think we're going to get any better than that. And it seems to fit, right? Like, it makes it's sense. Either West Ham or, it's tope. either West Ham or Everton. All right. This feels like it could be London-based. West Ham yeah. is like yeah, central like London, it. so 1736. There's like absolutely like imagine there's a prison there, whatever. Lock like it in. The hammers. Lock it in. Yeah. West Ham. Come on, West Ham. You're locking West Ham. All right, Colin. I don't know, guys. I was just trying to look smart. <laughs> <laughs> it worked though. It's not Everton. Everton's tower is called Prince Rupert's Tower. It is an old prison, but it's not a mosaic. <laughs> it's still there. You can. It's still there. I mean, I. I guess. There could also be a mosaic that I'm not aware of, of the tower, but the tower is there. Uh, so, I mean, I could have guessed Everton because it, it's the only one I know of the prison. <laughs> <laughs> um, the old, the time old told of this. So I, I do agree with you that, like, London, it does feel like London, right? And so I was going to go with Arsenal just because no, it's campy. It, I mean, there could be an campy. Ar- ar- there. I would be so mad. <laughs> I would be so mad. G- g- give me Arsenal just to make double Palmer's the, anger. The disrespect. Yeah. There, ain't, there ain't no wall on their crest. <laughs> it's just a, Sir, it's calm just down. a cannon. I'll take Arsenal. But maybe, maybe the red chest of their jersey with the white sleeves, the red chest represents oh. the brick wall. Oh, my gosh. Don't do it. Don't do could it. Could be. Did he lock in an answer? Or? Arsenal. Arsenal? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, this is, I think, a good illustration of how, like, things that are famous maybe to non-fans of the game because they just stand out as unusual may not stand out as much to people who are fans of the game. You know, certainly as a non-sort of, you know, non-soccer fanatic, I mean, I, I don't dislike it or anything, but, you know, it one, one British club, the name really stands out to me because it's wildly different from the names of most of the other clubs, and it is, you know, shares its name with a historical fiction novel, which you know, none of the other clubs really sound like they could even be one. But early 19th century historical fiction, a lot of people, I think, would think of Sir Walter Scott was kind of the big author there, and you know, that maybe puts you toward uh, Scotland, because we're looking at Edinburgh, not London. The, the uh, Sir Walter Scott novel that shares its name with a tourist attraction and hearts. football club. Uh, Heart of Midlothian. Yeah, Heart Midlothian, yeah. Nice. Well, we didn't That's... even come close to that one. <clears throat> nope. nope. Wrong city. <laughs> So they have uh, like a brick mosaic in their crest. Like the crest or? is like a heart, but it, it. I have one of these kits. Actually, I, maybe I just threw it away. But it's uh, yeah, it's like it's like a heart logo, but it's it must be uh, in a brick. mosaic. Yeah, the, in brick. yeah. There's like a huh. part of the city where there's like that crest is basically like a stamp on the pavement. Yeah, cool. I can put a yeah. That's basically from Wikipedia. That's kind of that's what the actual that's what the actual mosaic looks like. 
you can probably see a resemblance to the mm -hmm. crest. Yep, very cool. All right, and the last question, I think maybe slightly more lighthearted than <laughs> the two previous ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this will go to, is it to Colin and Mike, to try and steal from Dan and Ryan. And yeah, first place is, is kind of sewn up, but take if, that chill. <laughs> yeah, if, if Colin and Mike get this, then Mike will take second place. Otherwise, Dan and Ryan will take second place. Guys, we can't stop recording until Colin's not Palmer's literally not allowed to go to bed. <laughs> Can we just retroactively change the points awarded for Colin's answers? He only he gets half points for all of his correct answers. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you guys release this podcast, you can just double if you want. <laughs> Be like, the ones that were six points, you could instead say, yeah. are, you know, worth negative six yeah. points. Good job, Colin. You get one point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Colin and Mike now to steal from Dan and Ryan. Norway's defeat of England in a 1981 World Cup qualifier prompted sportscaster Bjorge Lillelien to give one of the most memorable and most frequently parodied soccer calls of all time. Although the original was in Norwegian with a few key phrases delivered in English, I'll read now a version that has been fully translated into English. We are the best in the world. We are the best in the world. We have beaten England 2-1 in football. It is completely unbelievable. We have beaten England. England, birthplace of giants. Lord Nelson, Lord Beaverbrook, Sir Winston Churchill, Sir Anthony Eden, Clement Attlee, Henry Cooper, Lady Diana. We have beaten them all. We have beaten them all. Amazing. Maggie Thatcher, can you hear me? Maggie Thatcher, I have a message for you in the middle of the election campaign. I have a message Maggie for Thatcher. you. We have knocked England out of the football World Cup. Maggie Thatcher, as they say in your language, in the boxing bars around Madison Square Garden in New York, your boys took a hell of a beating. Your boys took a hell of a beating. <laughs> wow, oh, man. Okay, this so is amazing. This guy, this guy sounds this like he's had a couple aqua beats. <laughs> yeah. This is what Colin's inner monologue is right now. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, I want to tell this to Jill. Your boy took a hell of a beating. <laughs> Jilly, 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 Jilly. <laughs> So, so putting aside the obvious hyperbole and patriotic puffery of, you know, saying we are the best in the world, there are two significant factual errors or misconceptions within that monologue. What are they? Wow. Whoa. Oh, I think it's, it's yeah, you're going to need to copy-paste well, that monologue. I mean, I yeah, feel like... I'll have to yeah. do that in pieces because it's too long for Zoom, but... They, yeah. They're probably not the best in the world, so that feels like a factual error, but I have a feeling yeah, that's so not I what took, we're I looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I took that one off the table. Let's call that one subjective. So they defeated England in a World Cup qualifier. Do we know that really knocked them out of the World Cup? Uh, no, but okay, here's one. I am going to guess that one of these people mentioned was not born in England. Like they were born in Scotland, maybe, yeah. or they were born overseas in some kind of British, you know, colonial protectorate. State. Mm, that yeah. feels like it could be a thing. I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I, again, I don't know anything about the rest of the world. That's served me well so far in this game. But <laughs> I, I'm not going to be able to tell you whether, like, Winston Churchill was not born in England. Like, that's not the kind of depth of my knowledge on Winston Churchill. So, or Lady Diana. I mean, ooh, was she Lady Diana at the time? Was she Princess Diana? Or is that still the same? I don't know. 
Maybe Maggie Thatcher wasn't in the middle of an election campaign. Maybe there aren't boxing bars around Madison Square Garden. That doesn't seem like a real thing. <laughs> what is a boxing bar? How often are there really boxing matches at Madison Square Garden in the 80s? I don't know. Do they really say your boys took a hell of a beating there when somebody's boys take a hell of a beating? I, I, I do imagine <laughs> that they would say that. All right. That feels all Your boys table. took a hell of a beating? <laughs> That's a very... They call it pugilism, though. Yeah. Uh, I feel sweet, like that one science. you couldn't really disprove. Like, you have to prove that no one had ever said it. So Do, do some, yeah. some survey work, some, like, anthropological uh, interviews in the bars of, pretty of clear. Uh, New York. They said they would say your, your boys took a hell of a beating, but only in Brooklyn, not in Manhattan. Yeah. Nobody in Manhattan was saying that in the 80s. Um, all right. I, I mean, I we have to get both of them? They're too f- factual. Yeah, we do. I mean, we can just throw out that one of those people is not, I mean, pick your favorite one is not born in, in England. And Look, then, I, I'm not picking anything unless we're told we have to pick. I'm just blanket statements okay. here. One, one, is not born in, one of those people is not born in England, and the other, I think the other should be that they weren't knocked out of the World Cup. Okay, I like it. Do we, do, I mean, do we factually know that England did not go to the 1982 World Cup? Um, of course we don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, they didn't go to 94. Or maybe That's they'd already I mean. been knocked out of the World Cup, for all we know. Maybe this was a dead rubber. <laughs> well... Sounds like Norway probably went. Uh, I, I, I like those. One soccer-related, one non-soccer-related feels, feels right to me. Okay, let's, let's see what he makes us do. We'll take those two. So this being the super hard round, one of these people is not born in England. <laughs> yeah, isn't, it's not going to be specific yeah. enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems very harsh. You'll have to name. Very harsh. You'll have to name at least one. Okay. Ah, uh, boy. Any of these names sound not English to you, Colin? Well, Lady Diana just married into the situation, so she, there's no, like, requirement for her the to be situation. born. situation. Like Meghan Markle, she just just joined the club late. So I feel like she's a good, she's a good bet here. She's prob- she could be Welsh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's an England thing. She could be Scottish. She could be Northern Irish. I'm just naming other places. Sure. In the U.K., <laughs> So let's go with Lady Di. All right. England's Rose was, in fact, from England. <laughs> England's Rose. I didn't know that was your nickname. Have you ever heard Elton John? Nope. Uh, Colin. Yeah. Colin, Colin. What are we going to do with you? Elton John, ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> Dan and Ryan, we are trying to close out the game. Uh, Wait, yeah, good can, luck. Do we, um, do we you know, nothing. know, you know if nothing. they got half of the I, answer? I, I will not reveal that. It's okay. again, super okay. hard ground. Just checking. Okay, so I feel like, Maggie Thatcher, I have a message for you in the middle of an election campaign, implies that she was in the middle of an election campaign. It definitely right. does imply that. <laughs> I don't think that she was in the middle of an election campaign. Really? Let's say that. That seems really specific. Which also is the reason he would say it, because it would make <laughs> news in Norway. Like, he wouldn't yeah, make that up. I don't... I mean, maybe... Maybe she wasn't prime minister at the time. I mean, she could have, like, just won or not officially announced or something like that. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the, uh, she was not officially in the middle of an election campaign. And then and I feel like Lord, Lord Nelson, like, a lot of these guys, like, maybe he was, I don't know Scottish. the history of Lord Nelson. Yeah, Scottish or, like, you know, born to some dude in the during the Boer War or something. Like, who knows? Sure. England had people all over the place for way too long. Who is, who is Clement Attlee? Who is that person? I don't know. Henry Cooper could be could be an American. Could be anybody. Could be anybody. 
Could be could be a pugilist <laughs> in the uh, boxing bar of Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So could we say that Madison Square Garden is not actually in 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 England? Yeah, he says like in the boxing bars of New York or something like that. Well, right. he says in oh, your okay. in your tongue or in your language, so it's English. In your language, in the boxing bars around Madison. I, I don't think there's any factual that, issue that there. Yeah, people in that, Madison Square Garden English. Yeah, guys, I'm just trying to pick apart this wild, wild sentence. I mean, are, is two one a hell of a beating? I don't know. <laughs> did they actually win 2-1? Did they? Was it 1-1? <laughs> he got one it wrong. Yeah, so that would be amazing. Was it 1-1? One, one? Was it a 1-1 one, one draw? <laughs> was it 2-1 on aggregate and they won 1-1? One, 1-1 one? One, one and they win Ooh. on penalties. It doesn't actually count as 2-1. That uh, could be. Not in the middle of the election and take your pick out of the names. I don't like, I don't like Lord Beaverbrook. <laughs> Lord Beaverbrook can get out of here. Yeah. I think that's I think that's right. We'll lock in Lord Beaverbrook, not born in England. Margaret um, Thatcher, not in an election campaign. Okay, so I um, yeah I, I again depending a lot on Wikipedia for this. Wikipedia informs me that the election campaign was actually the Norwegian ele- Norwegian election <laughs> campaign wow. that he was referring to. So th- I think that is accurate. Actually, I oh. wouldn't count that as a as a misconception because he doesn't actually say. Oh, it's not her election campaign. Oh, Mike, That's not looking so good after clearly stating uh, that... Uh, I deferred to Colin, and uh, we didn't end up submitting that, Daniel, so... It's on tape. You said it clearly implies that Margaret Thatcher was in the middle of an election campaign. We'll roll it back. Maybe yeah, it does. But, um, Maybe it so, does. I mean, at, so it was, in fact, that in spite of that, in, within that group, qualifying group, Norway actually finished at the bottom, and <laughs> England did not... So it, they did not, in fact. I don't know why he's, he thought that they had uh, knocked England out of the World Cup. They, they did not at all. England remained in the World Cup. He was excited. Yeah. Um, as for the other ones, I mean, you know, you, you both, I think, kind of went to that list and, you know, who is not English. What, what's the... What, if I told you one of those people was Canadian, would that help you narrow oh, down? Oh, Nelson is Canadian. No, the, the national animal of Canada is the beaver. Beaverbrook. Yeah, oh. Max Max Aitken, Lord Beaverbrook was Canadian, hmm. not English. Palmer, uh, you you little genius. Well done. Look who comes out looking the best at the end of this podcast. Still looking good. Still looking good. Jill's husband. Jill's husband. <laughs> so each of you got half of that, but I cannot award points to anyone. Just take points away from Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> So we finish. I'll, I'll recheck all of this, but I, uh, I think I, I got the scores fairly right. Colin, 46.1. Mike, 30.4. Team PDX, Dan and Ryan, 33.1. So it was Colin followed by Team PDX followed by Mike, but very close. You have to divide the Team PDX points in half, though, right? And then you get Oh, yes, yes, you're right. I totally forgot. Given That's to the individuals, so I, I still come in second, which is a good showing for me. Sure. Just good enough. Like, really, that's what all he aspires to in life. So, um, you know, you typically end with like a a final statement from everyone. Basically, anything you want to anything you want to say, as long as it's not too long or offensive in some manner, it'll be kept in. (laughs) uh, At least in my cut, (laughs) we'll go. So the uh, third place has the last word. So we'll uh, start with Colin. Oh wow! I I was gonna make this serious, but now this has been a whole (laughs) pot of non seriousness. In our podcast, we talk a lot about, and, and the reason we don't like Zlatan Ibrahimovic is giving power to people who, like the athletes and not the owners. One of my categories was sports owners, and I uh, wanted to you know, encourage everyone to listen to people like athletes when they have things to say and listen to their experiences. And the way you can support your own local athletes is to support youth athletics 
whether that means putting your kids into youth athletics or donating money so that kids who are underprivileged youths have the ability to pursue their dreams. I think that's a very worthy cause that people overlook with their extra dollars. Yes, I think within quizzing, perhaps analogously, similarly, don't listen to the large companies or producers, listen to the players. Very good message. Dan and or Ryan, it's your choice. Which order you want to go in? Do you want to do every other word? (laughs) (laughs) Or you can speak in unison. That's I I'm I cannot follow Colin. That's a great message to put out. This was an absolute pleasure doing this with you, with you guys. Yogesh, thank you so much for putting the work in. Fantastic podcast. I listen to you and your trivia masters. I have no business being on this podcast or your feed, so I really really appreciate you sullying your feed. And I apologize for all of the bad knowledge that I have. <laughs> and bad words. And bad words. And bad words, yes. You have too much knowledge of bad words. Quizzing, quizzing is a big tent, and, you know, we're all welcome. <laughs> anyone who, who cares about anything, which I'd like to think is everyone, is welcome. I would also just like to thank you, Yogesh. This has been wildly fun and just an absolute joy. So thank you very much. Our podcast, since we should probably plug it to your folks, is the Soccer Thread Podcast. We mostly talk about nothing tangentially related to soccer, sometimes related to leftist politics, and that's about it. So give us a listen if you found Colin, you know, great, or Mike interesting, or Palmer beautiful. Just listen to us. (laughs) Mike knowledgeable. Yeah. You listened to this and found Palmer beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Mike? Usually at the end of our podcast, we just thank our producer, Cliff. So thanks, Cliff. And echo what everybody else said. Thanks, Yogis, for having us on. And then speaking of leftist politics, we've got about four listeners. I think maybe two of them live in Minneapolis. So if you guys haven't signed the Yes for Minneapolis petition to get our charter changed to uh, reform public safety. I encourage you two listeners in Minneapolis to do that. And listeners elsewhere, you know, look into what your city and activists are doing to reform public safety there. So there's your leftist politics shout for the day. All right. And yeah, I mean, like I said, you guys are absolutely welcome to make your, I mean, your turnaround time is much quicker than mine. So please make <laughs> your own cut of, of this episode and I'll, I'll make mine and uh, it'll be, it'll be a while before mine is, is out because I, yeah, I have a backlog. So please put yours out into the world. <laughs> All right. So this has been episode nine of season two of Recreational Thinking with Yogesh Rauch. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Yogesh. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for fun. Thanks, Yogesh.